Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. And welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Red Octopus Cephala Podcast, the only show that celebrates all the things that makes growing up awesome. We are part of the Dominican Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. I am your host, 8-Bit Alchemy, and with me as always are my some assembly requiring cohorts, Parasite Steve. Build, play, destroy repeat ah just like godzilla but this episode isn't about godzilla but you know who else we'd have that's not godzilla nintendo i feel like godzilla sometimes <laughs> but anyways jumble pieces for jumble the fun jumble jumble oh. yar i love fun and fun you know is what fun, is though. you know what's the epitome of fun when you were when you were growing up is uh toys that you build because, you know, as much as some of us today might think of it as, hey, that's work, uh, that was kind of the whole fun of it. So yeah. on this episode, we're going to be talking ready. about uh, Legos and um, all sorts of their various knockoffs, counterparts, contemporaries, what have you. Um, so we're going to kind of split this episode up into a emerging format that i really like which is the first half of the episode we do a big old spiel on the elephant in the room being lego and then the second half of the episode we each kind of pick one of the more random offshoots that function similarly to lego but are never going to be as big in the conversation because they're not fucking legos right and what can you do uh we have an octoponder in the middle we'll do all that we'll make the sandwich that you know and love so much the shabibin witch uh so yeah so we are going to do a bit of a history on lego here and then talk about some lego memories um we were able to pull some great information from the lego website lego has a fantastic website much like the website from nerf that you might remember us talking about recently. Uh, the LEGO website has a decent timeline of events and things that happened. And then they have a separate entire website that is dedicated to the history of LEGO. Like it is a different URL. Uh, wow. And there's the LEGO history site and it is exhaustive. So I tried to Whoa, you know, I'm cut pooped. through. I know, I'm so pooped already. <laughs> I know. Barely even started. Barely even five <laughs> minutes into this thing. Uh, so yes, this history timeline is 
I would say if you look at the website, you'll know what I mean. It is pretty hard to follow. They they kind of section it off in different eras, but each era has like five to six different little things that you can click on that tell a different story and a lot of them reiterate themselves. Um, so I tried to go through and, and pick out the greatest hits that kind of catch you up on uh, everything up until the invention and the popularization of the Lego brick. And then we just kind of, you know, fast forward to to our uh, our thoughts about stuff because otherwise we'd be here for literally eight hours. So uh, <laughs> we're not going to do that. So we're going to just go through what I... It would be mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys would literally be just like, wow, that's mean. <laughs> we don't jerks. want that. Totally jerks. Uh, so, yeah. So, let's get into it. The name Lego is an abbreviation of two Danish words. Legot, spelt G-O-D-T. L-E-G space G-O-D-T. Meaning play well. The Lego group was founded in 1932 by Ole Kirk Christensen. The company has passed from father to son and is now owned by Kjed Kirk Christensen, a grandchild of the founder. On February 1st, 1916, at the age of 24, Ole brought, uh, bought... There's going to be a lot of Danish words, so get ready. Buckle the fuck up. <laughs> Nintendo uh, is screwed. I strategically uh, I am, gave Joe... on the inside right now. <laughs> I strategically gave Joe... Joe, I gave you sections that had the least amount of hard things to say because you're my boy, and, and I want to play to your strengths. What a guy. Oh, thank you. You're, you're, I, you're, you're groovy in a far away. <laughs> thanks, man. I, I love to be far out. Uh, so, yeah. So, Ole bought Billund Maskinsnedkeri which is also known as Billund Woodworking and Carpentry Shop, for 10,000 Danish dollars, which are known as DKK. I like to think of them as like Donkey Kong Kremlin. Oh, for sure. Or for something. Sure. Um, I'm exactly. pretty sure that's a, that's definitely what it stands for. Um, exactly. This woodworking shop that he bought produces doors, windows, kitchen, cabinets, cupboards, coffins. Uh, the, the, yeah. the item I love the name of, which is Chest of Drawers, you know, it's just like so straightforward. It's just like it's a chest of drawers. It's a chest of drawers. I don't, I don't have a better name for it. Uh, <laughs> tools for digging peat uh, and body work for carts. All first, uh, all of first class quality craftsmanship, which is important to Ole Kirk. Uh, I gotta say, I gotta say before before I hand it off, uh, the Lego website is super like up its own butt. Like it's the whole time. It's like he loved loved attention detail he's really amazing craftsman he nothing but the finest quality and i'm like jesus christ you know it's not it's like it's obviously i get it like they're not gonna say that he's a he's bad at what he does um but there were so many sentences that i had to delete of like god it's just more like fart smelling like can we just move on um but anyway uh parasite steve ole kirk also builds other large projects, houses, farm buildings, the dairy at Bilhund and at Randbol Mission Halls, and a new gallery. You know, if I don't see these right, at least I will have fun doing it. That's so that's, what I'm, that's what I'm. That's what I'm Have the fun, damn it. Uh, as well as a new gallery for Grain Church. He wins the contract to build the church in Skjoldberg. A project which returns very little profit, to which Ole Kirk says, Oh, well, it was for a good cause. On Sunday, April 27th, 1924, while their two boys tried to light a fire in the, in the glue heater, 
and by accident, they also set fire to some wood shavings. Whoops. Very quickly, the building is in flames. Fortunately, fortunately, no one was was injured, but both the workshop and home burned to the ground. Gottfried Kirk Christensen <laughs> has later said that his first achievement, quote unquote, was to burn the workshop and house down. Good job. Way to go, Gottfried. <laughs> Gottfried. <laughs> uh so, I mean, you know, the thought behind this is, like, if he didn't burn it down, the company would have never gone in the direction it went in, mm. uh, which is just kind of fucking crazy when you think about it. Talk about, you know, making uh, the best of a bad situation. Um, right. in October, he would have been making, Lego would have been making chests of drawers. Yeah. The whole time. And, and, and friggin' <laughs> cupboards. Cup, uh, coffins and such. Cup, cup cupboards. Cup you know, cupboards. all that. Um, in October 1929, the Wall Street stock market in New York crashed with dramatic consequences for large parts of the wider Western world. The oh. economic crisis also had serious consequences for Ole. Farmers and smallholders, his most important customers, can no longer afford to have carpentry work done. And in 1931, he had no option but to let his last journeyman go. What a bummer. Total bummer. Well, you know, the National Association for Danish Enterprise... Also known as, <laughs> yes, I was so excited for this moment. Okay, here we go. Uh, Lands for a Dansk Arbielde, which nice. supports Ole's business. Of <laughs> just picture that scene in Deadpool when they're pronouncing the uh, the uh, the stuff from IKEA like really overly, and I just. <laughs> Right. I'm trying to do justice to that that scene. Um, so, so the thing I just said, which supports Ole's business efforts during the economic crisis, was established in 1908 with the purpose of promoting Danish manufacturing and the state of Danish goods, both in Denmark and abroad. Hmm. Ole and a member of the association and in Members Magazine, he reads in a advice column the good sense in manufacturing readily marketable products such as stepladders ironing boards and other utility items and some of that will radically change change his future which is toys until 1935 ole man manufactured buildings furniture and toys but late that year he he decided to concentrate on toy production so essentially he you know just basically is part of this association and the magazine that they published was saying that hey uh, you know, it's it's a good idea to to be making stuff that is easy to market, and one of the items was toys, which is something that he never thought about before. Right. Um. So it's mm -hmm. kind of interesting. You know, he was all into practical stuff and furniture kind of things, and mm -hmm. you know, detailing work. But um, you know, the, the this kind of planted the seed of of maybe I make toys uh, with my company. So. When Ole decides to concentrate on toy production, he realizes that the company should have another name. That's, you know, probably a little bit more off the tongue roly than Billund Maskinen scary, um, also known as Billund Woodworking Factory. Uh, he organizes a competition among his employees looking for suggestions for a good name for the young company. Okay, this is my favorite part. This is so stupid. Okay. The competition okay. winner who can claim the prize of a bottle of Ole's own homemade wine. Oh wow! Is none other than Ole himself. 
Like he put this competition together and was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna submit something too. And the winner is why it's me. I decided just I'm now. I'm so excited to get to keep my own prized bottle of homemade wine I made. Wow! Not, uh, like, what a uh, non what a non like oh aspect, my god right? Like, Dis- it's- disclaimer: None of us know what a Danish accent sounds like. We're just no. gonna. We're just gonna be different every time we do. Yeah, it. it's, anyway. just, it's just like kind of you know, and disclaimer: Europe, Europe that's not specific, right? Um, but yeah, so Ole himself won the competition. Way to fucking go! Uh, who has played with <laughs> two hero. Danish words, which are like I said earlier, leg and got, meaning play well, uh, to produce the name Lego. Uh, in choosing the name, he places the emphasis firmly on developing child's play at the same time focusing on quality in preference to mass production. As an alternative, Ole almost decides to name it Legio which is supposed to be related to the word legions, but opts finally for the name that emphasizes good play. Lego! Lego. The Lego name was used officially for the first time in January 1936. It is not until much later that someone realizes that the name Lego in Latin means I assemble. So convenient. How convenient is that? Mm. The intention of the name is to reflect quality and children's right to enjoyable play. Ole writes later about devoting his life to the manufacture of toys. He says, quote, It wasn't until the day I told myself, you'll either have to drop your old craft or put toys out of your head, that I began to see the long term. Now it's just getting Russian. Uh, well, at first, I was like, I am a beautiful butterfly. Like, I thought of that guy. I began to see the long-term consequences, and the decision turned out to be the right one. I just want to say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Within God. a few years, Ole... Oh, no, it's the end of the quote right there. Oh, yeah, cool, yeah. Um, Within a few years, Ole has... Ole. I, I really, really feel like it should be pronounced in the Mexican tradition, but... I know. Uh, Within a few years, he had laid the foundations of what is to become one of the world's leading toy-making companies, which is, we've already buried the lead here. It's Lego. It's Lego. Yeah, that that wasn't obvious. Yes, it's Mm. Lego. Mm. The outbreak of World War II does nothing to limit Ole and his toy production. In times of crisis, the demand for toys is greater than ever. During the first two years of the war, the company doubled its sales. Due to the war, all import activity was halted, which naturally favors the sale of Danish goods. Later, it is forbidden to use metal and rubber for such things as toys. This boosts this boosts production of Danish wooden toys and thus also Lego production. It's kind of interesting, right? Like, hmm. you know, the war putting limits on common materials that were maybe mm-hmm. used for toys. Yeah. You know, now pushes the pushes the market in his direction with, you know, what, what they were making stuff out of. I don't think um, wooden Legos would have worked. So I think they I, chose yeah. wisely with the, yeah. the yeah. stuff it's made of. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, at that time, they were just making like wooden little, you know, horsies and, and you know, yo-yos and just like basic shit. Little horsies um, and yo-yos. And yayas and hoo-hoos. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but yeah, so employees began experimenting with plastics immediately after the arrival of the company's first plastic injection molding machine in late 1947. The machine is installed in a building next to the woodworking factory after it had been tested in the basement of Gottfried Kirk Christensen's home. While still getting acquainted with plastic molding, the company introduced its first plastic products in 1948. However, it was not until 1949 that the plastic production really started to heat up. Uh, in late 1940s, figuratively, Kirk, ooh, because it was probably like room temperature. and literally. Uh, yeah. In the, in the late 1940s, Ole Kirk Christensen and son Gottfried Kirk were presented with plastic cubes from a British manufacturer. They began redesigning the cubes, and in 1949, the company launched its first building set, automatic binding bricks. Hilary Fisher Page, which is a name I can absolutely pronounce. Hell yeah! <laughs> and his... Oh my god, it's a man named Hillary. See, see, I wasn't I wasn't damn it. You it tripped prepared. me. The pronoun. <laughs> he, the pronoun got me. Huh. Hillary Fisher Page and his company, Kittycraft, have invented the plastic bricks that Ole Kirk and his son Gottfried are presented with. In the late 1950s, the Lego group contacted Kittycraft to ask whether or not they objected to the Lego registered trademark brick. They do not. <laughs> On the contrary, they wish the company good luck with the bricks as they have not enjoyed much success with their product back in jolly old England. In 1981, the Lego group purchased the rights to the Kittycraft bricks and trademark from the descendants of Hillary Fisher Page. It has come a long way over the past almost 90 years from a small carpenter's work workshop to a modern global enterprise is now one of the world's largest manufacturers of toys. Isn't that something? That's crazy. Mm. You know, these guys basically just, they they had this concept, this kitty craft company was making these bricks and, and the folks at Lego saw it and were like, hey, you know, let's kind of try our own hand at making building bricks. And, and it's amazing that kitty craft was like, you know what? We are completely cool with you. Mm -hmm. Totally yeah. taking this idea and running with it. It's not working for us. We're we're kind of giving up on this concept. I mean, that's freaking crazy. We really don't Maybe. see uh, any future in uh, children's building block toys anyway. So, you know, have fun <laughs> with that. I mean, Lego. Nice company to name, too. Lego, Thank they don't make the things you play with. They make the things you play with better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the descendants of Hillary Fisher Page must be just like, I mean, I hope that settlement in 1981 was was tremendous, but it can't possibly can't possibly be tremendous. But also they weren't they weren't going to do anything with it like it would have right. gone to waste, basically. Um, so, yeah, that's that is the brief, uh, brief ish 20 minute history of of Lego. I do have mm. a timeline graphic from their website that I really, really liked. Uh, it didn't have enough information to be our whole history spiel. Um, but I'll try to kind of pick it up from around the time that we that we finished in, you know, in our history thing. Oh, finished? Oh no, no, they're Danish. Never mind. Sorry, Danish. I thought that was a joke. I know, like, was a joke. like cheese. Um, so in 1951, the Lego brick we know today is patented with a unique coupling principle that creates endless building possibilities. In 1962, the Lego wheel rolls onto the Lego set for the first time. In 1968, the first Legoland park opens in Billund, Denmark, which, I mean, this isn't the one, but when I was a kid, 
I wanted to go nowhere more than Legoland. Like Disneyland obviously sounded amazing, but I I saw pictures in magazines that I used to get of Lego magazine of Legoland. And I just was like, this looks uh, like amazing. And I felt Mm. like nobody ever, ever talked about it. Like I didn't know anybody who'd ever gone to Legoland. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was so pumped about the thought of going to Legoland. And, you know, now I'm adult and I guess I just don't care anymore. <laughs> but I was now you're jaded. You, you don't care about the things you used to care about. You certainly not enough to be on a podcast to no. wax philosophical at no. length no. week after week mm-hmm. to celebrate such things. I mean, right. you've grown up. You've grown past these things. I am. You don't I give am. a shit about anything. You like paying bills now. Yes. That's and what taxes. makes That's what puts the rev in your engine darn tootin i love having to think of what to make for dinner mm. that's my favorite activity oh and laundry oh i do so much laundry when i need to mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know when i was a kid legoland seemed pretty neat it's cool too yeah mm. uh in 1969 the first toddler focused bricks of lego duplo were launched globally. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Lego Duplo are just big old chunky bricks that are pretty easy to put together. And they usually have little eyeballs or cutesy things that you can make little characters. Uh, and I remember having these too. They were really fun. Uh, in 1978, small but mighty, the first Lego minifigures are introduced, uh, <laughs> which is pretty wild. You know, it's like 20 years from the patent of the brick it took for them to make Lego people. 20 it, years that's freaking crazy was that yeah. the spongebob narrator that just made an appearance right there uh maybe yeah yeah i think I it think, did i, I think, think so. so i wasn't sure yeah no i think that was it i think so um 1978 ola kirk's grandson Kjeld, which just for you out there is spelled k-j-e-l-d introduces the first official lego themes like castle space and town <laughs> and Town. <laughs> the city of Townsville is under attack. Bra Powerpuff Girls. Girls. But yeah, I like you know uh, his son thinking up the idea to theme Lego sets is huge. You know, that yeah. is so much of what makes Lego exciting currently. I mean, obviously, people are still all about their just generic rainbow, you know, bin of Legos. But holy shit, the thought of turning them into all these different themed sets is a big step. Um, 1980, Pencils Down, a department now Lego education is set up to help educators bring learning through play to the classroom. Uh, in 1995, 15 years later, apparently it was a pretty boring uh, 15 years, the first <laughs> Lego video game uh, was launched. Lego Fun to Build, which was launched uh, in Japan. Uh, and as far as I can tell, I can't exactly read it, but it either I think it says it's for the Sega Pico because it says it shows a very small picture and it says Sega in the bottom right and Pico in the top left. Yes. For those of yeah. you who don't know the Sega Pico, I could do a whole goddamn episode on See, like educational I think, toys i think the sega pico is the most perfect crow's nest idea oh oh but what would it be a spinoff to or nothing it would just be a, it would just be, a be its own thing yeah yeah uh it would yeah oh man sega pico i i don't know where mine is i i once upon a time had all the stuff together maybe like five six years ago and then i don't know 
it, it all got misplaced that I don't have it anymore, and it really oh really, must have it, must have burned down. I don't know. It kills me. I I don't know where it was because I was very adamant on looking for it before my house caught fire, and I couldn't find it then either. So anyway, Sega Pico, very interesting. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, 1998. Hashtag Sega Pico Fridays. Hashtag Sega Pico Fridays. <laughs> SPFs for for life. Uh, except uh, not after high school. Uh, 1998, the first Lego Mindstorms. Now, these are really goddamn cool. I actually got to use these in high school. Um, Lego Mindstorms, which are a programmable brick, uh, launched in 98, which introduced children to robotics through the Lego systems in play. And basically what it was, was it was a, a Lego brick that had, you know, a, a computer chip in it that you could write code on the computer and then you would plug the the Mindstorm brick into the computer. You would download the, the code that you wrote onto this Mindstorm. And then you would build a robot out of Legos. And the Mindstorm would be the brain. And so the Mindstorm would then translate what you coded into movements and motion and turning and, and doing different stuff. Um, really cool. I took a robotics class in high school. And it was entirely based around this Lego Mindstorm. You basically made Lego Skynet back then. I remember yeah. it was it was horrifying. Yeah, you I, that was not off. okay. I I hated those years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I had a great time. But I I see how it's a slippery slope. You know, people always go, "Why are we doing this? We're just making Skynet." But I mean, the the thing is, is that from the outside looking in, you don't realize how fun it is to make mm. Skynet, and then to make and then robot and then you have... yellow robot dogs with no heads. Mm -hmm. And, and then you have Skynet, and having Skynet's not as fun as making it. Yeah, um, every yeah. time. Uh, Nineteen ninety-eight. It Lego really <laughs> Skynet. It really is the journey, not the destination. It, more than it, more than most things, I would say. It, it, it really embodies. It that, really is. Say. Yeah. Uh, in ninety-nine, the Lego Foundation, set up by the Kirk Christensen family, acquires twenty-five percent ownership of the Lego Group, meaning a portion of company profits helps children around the world <laughs> access play and learning. Uh, in 2008, Lego Kusu, which I don't know what that is, now lovingly known as Lego Ideas. Wow, it's a better name. What the fuck is Kusu? It's like C-U-U-S-O-O. -O. That's not a word. Uh, launches to celebrate fan creativity by turning their ideas into real Lego sets. Um 2012, we have the launch of Lego Friends, which welcomes new mini doll figures. 2014, we have Everything is Awesome, the Lego movie premieres in cinemas around the world. 2017, Lego Life goes live, creating the first safe social online community for kids under 13. In 2017, Master Builders Assemble, Lego Masters airs for the first time on, on TV. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Uh, uh, never. Yeah, it's that. kind of it's kind of not that popular anymore. Is it is it pronounced Kusu? Kusu. No, I think it's pronounced like Tuvu. I don't oh. know. It's 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 very that's, subtle. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's uh that's a tough nut to crack. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I don't I don't think it got very far. <clears throat> Um, also in 2017, really banner year. You know, there was 15 yeah, was fucking year, years yeah. from 1980 to 95 that there was nothing worth talking about. But then three individual things happened in 2017. Uh, in 2017, also Lego House Home of the Brick opens to playful visitors in Billund, Denmark. And uh, not for nothing, it literally looks like a multiplayer map from Mario 64, Mario Kart 64. Like that block village with like the red, blue, mm -hmm. yellow, green yeah. corners. Like yeah. it looks exactly like that. I don't, 
I don't really know what I'm looking at, but I'm interested. 2018 plants from plants. The first You're Lego elements. In this. I'm interested. In this. <laughs> what can I do for you? Uh, yeah, so 2018 plants from plants. The first Lego elements made from sugarcane based plastic are introduced in botanical shapes. I didn't even know they did that. That's really cool. Yeah, so like organically produced Legos. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. They made, they made interesting. wicked neat. 2020, Ola Kirk's grandson, great grandson, Tom. AKA the man I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the one that I want to be. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> the one yeah, I the want one I want to be. To be. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one that I want to be. Thomas becomes chairman of chair, not chairman, chairman. Of the Lego group, because he's not a boy no more. No, he's no chair, he, he's no chair boy. I don't think chair boy is a term, though. Well, not anymore. He's a man it's, now. It seems like a unnecessary superfluous qualifier that you've laid on us. <laughs> well, I just want to be thorough. You know, gotcha. Henry, no, you do, you're doing a good job. You're doing a Thanks. good job. Thanks, my guy. Uh, so he becomes chairman, mar marking the fourth generation of family ownership. And you know, Thomas looks like a real happy guy. Um, also in 2020, the Lego Foundation and the Lego Group launched Lego Braille Bricks to bring playful learning to children with vision impairment. That's super, cool. super goddamn cool. Man, there's so much neat stuff that I didn't know about. Uh, so I, I, I'm reading through this for the first time, you know, to get you get the authentic reaction for you mm -hmm. guys out there in mm -hmm. uh, in retro space. Yeah, yeah, you know, all those like super popular like <clears throat> timeline reaction videos yeah, that are like yeah. really big that the kids yeah. watch and the, the tubes, yeah, the tick tubes. Or TikTok. whatever it is, yeah, Tube yeah, yep. yeah. The insta, insta boobs. I don't know. That's that's that's, <laughs> that's the rest of that's, that's the rest one. of the internet. That's all the rest of it. That's all of the rest of the internet. Insta boobs. Well, you know, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that you know I could have some some real real reactions here for you because because these this makes me happy. That's really great. Um, 2021, a prototype Lego brick <laughs> is made from recycled plastic PET bottles, which is unveiled. Another mm. step towards making Lego products from more sustainable materials. Um, 2021, the Lego Everyone is Awesome set launches to celebrate the diversity of our fans in the world around us, and it shows a rainbow of different uh, Lego minifigs. Which is great, you know, all inclusive LGBTQ. Um, that's excellent. Uh, in 2022, mm -hmm. the Lego Group celebrates its 90th anniversary. Ola Kirk's focus on quality, ensuring that children can play well, remains a guiding principle for the company. And and that brings wow. us to today. Mm. <clears throat> today is on the timeline. Today's on the timeline. We it just says, added it. Yeah, it actually says right here. It says uh, Retro Octopus Cephalopodcast yep. uh, does their inaugural seminal 97th <laughs> episode about mm -hmm. toys that you build, mm -hmm. including yeah. Lego. Including Lego, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, that's I'm, that's like I'm really sure. I'm sure they were very honored, I assume. Yeah. We didn't bother asking, but. Mm -hmm. No, well, because, I mean, the honor's kind of theirs. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, we're just out here doing the work. I mean, it's not like we need the exposure. <laughs> God, we have like 27 people that listen to our episodes every week. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Definitely more than 10. Like, yeah. Whatever. So like, keep your charity, Lego. Yeah. Chairman. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm no chair boy. <laughs> all right. I don't need a Not all of us get to be born with brick spoons <clears throat> in our mouths. All right. Am Mr. Right? Ole Kirk's great grandson. Oh, 
I know. I know we can't all be hmm. that lucky. So, so we're we're at we're at about the half hour mark, guys. We, we have we have like a good chunk of time that we can talk about Lego memories and keep going into some other stuff. We did good, yeah. good job. Hey, you know what? Round of applause. Let's all get an energy boost because we did a good job getting through all that stuff. And I hope uh, I hope you guys listening out there learn something. Hmm. Um, so gonna go into some Lego memories and our and some of our favorite sets. Uh, but I've been talking for a while. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. Um, so mix I that want shit up. I'm gonna mix that shit up. So uh, Nintendo, talk to us some broad strokes about what you remember about playing with Legos and things when you were growing up. Okay, so yeah, um, the kind of Legos I had were, were pretty basic, like the just a generic kind, nothing fancy schmancy blocks or anything like that. Um, I think I had the hand me downs. Um, it might it might have been some kind of set where where you can where you can build a house because we had like little windows and doors and like the little uh, the the rooftops they're like like red red rooftops or yep. whatever. Yep. So I would build houses, or I would be really fucking creative and uh, make myself like planes or like like little jets. Yeah. And I, and I would pretend that they were transformers mm. because oh, that's that, fun because um, the way how I did it. Was I can like just just remove the pieces and kind of like make arms with the wings and the 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 exhaust be like the legs and shit like that mm-hmm. and the and um, underneath the the pieces are like little holes where the the pegs would fit in. Now just pretend that was the face. Okay. They have like, the, the, the the two the two eyes and two eyes the, and a nose or or yeah or a mouth or whatever. So that's what I would do. Um, I would also make guns too. Pretend I w- would make it like a like a blaster gun or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, well, that, that was 100%. always fun. Yeah, laser guns or anything like that. Yeah, I would use the um, uh, the the door because the door is pretty thick. Mm-hmm. So I would use that as like the, the trigger, the place where to put your your finger through, and you could like okay. take off the door and just it'll just be oh, like yeah. a little mini window or whatever. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would use that as the as a trigger. Or a place nice. to put your finger through for for the trigger. But yeah, I mean that's basically it. I mean, I mean that's like you know the thing about Legos. There really just is no wrong way to play with them. It's like you know, yeah. there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. There's no wrong way to eat a Lego. <laughs> no, sorry, scratch well, there's that. There's no, no right r- way. No, there's no right way. Always the wrong way to eat a Lego. <laughs> yes, it, uh, yes. that's what I meant to say. There's always there. There's always the wrong way to eat. Have a Lego. you tried eating a Lego, Steve? Um, well, you know, I would, uh, no. Have you had a Lego today? How, <laughs> I have, uh, well, I have stepped on one though, and uh, we all know how that feels. I think but, we've all, I don't know if you've ever that. seen the intro to Our Real Monsters, <laughs> but that scream that happens right before the episode starts yep. is what happens yeah. when you step on a Lego. Yeah, that, that is, that is <laughs> accurate. Um, you know, I mean, I think that, um, there is just something universal about Legos that, um, basically any kid could be bored and like i mean maybe before cell phones i don't know maybe not i don't know about now i don't don't know but like if you haven't been already like ruined by cell phones like we all are you know and you had like nothing to do and you have like a bag of legos or a box you know like you are like you're good you're good and and it's also one of those toys that like 
it's it is the journey not the destination like you are building something but it almost doesn't matter what you're building because if if that's the point if the point is you have a bag of legos or you know container of loose legos or whatever like you were saying joe you know and it's not like oh i bought this set i'm going to build it one time and then put it on a shelf which is another totally legitimate way of playing with legos Mm -hmm. but you know if you just want to like you know it's basically that the lego movie it's like that's what that lego movie did so well that was the biggest success i think of that movie is the live action sequences that they worked in with will ferrell they sort of seemed like they were kind of unnecessary i guess on the surface but that's where like all the heart was when you realize that like okay they're they're showing the they're depicting the two big schools of thought as far as how to play with legos the dad was like you know super strict and you know he wanted to build his lego universe and he had all his his city and his skyscrapers and he had like you know a basement that was his lego land and um everything was like glued and it was all like perfect and you couldn't break it and you know he didn't even want his son to play with it and his son just wants to like screw it all up and just break everything and just play with legos like you're saying and it's just so interesting to me like how that is it's almost it's it seems like there would be a litmus litmus test there like like you know which which way do you play with legos must say something about you about who you are Um, yeah but it, it is super universal and i remember many times going over to your house and um just playing with legos i remember that you had house uh pieces in your lego bin and yeah like i totally remember like many times coming over and just like i don't know just make something and then you know there's nothing you know it's not permanent you know it's fine it's like oh yeah it's gonna get wrecked you know as soon as i'm done with it and that's okay too like the point is to build and it's just fun and the and time just freaking melts away when you're doing that yep yes like just melts it's crazy it's crazy there is few other types of play that i can remember as a kid where it would be like oh my god two hours have just gone by and what do i have to show for it i don't know i've made a a car plane fort tyrannosaurus thing thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) right and it just it just truly doesn't matter because the fun is how much the toy gets your brain going mm-hmm. yeah and, and yeah. You know, concentration they're, they're, is like oh all there yeah yep and it's yep. it's it is definitely something to be said that is opposite to you know when, when you have these like deliberate lego sets like mm-hmm. you know we're, we're going to talk about some of those you know because those mm-hmm. are like you're going to sit down you're going to look at the manual you're going to build the thing that you're supposed to build and then you're going to play with it like mm-hmm. that's sort that's of the it, idea. yeah whereas what you experience is just like full creative freedom do whatever you Mm -hmm. want make whatever you want don't worry about it and i i definitely did that a a good amount because we also had you know this like big red bucket of legos that also had like the lego pegs on the top you could like build stuff off the bucket and um yeah i mean it was just it was just two totally different kind of styles that the same toys evoke and Mm -hmm. i know i knew some people even that would like buy the sets and they would build the toy that was part of it and then they're like all right cool i did that now i'm going to deconstruct it and just use these unique interesting parts and pieces to make my own thing 
um, which I didn't really ever do. I usually Super just cool, though. I liked yeah. the things that they made a lot, mm -hmm. and I had a lot of fun playing with them. Uh, but yeah, that's also you know kind of like a really neat idea to be like, okay, you know, I I, I built the thing that I'm supposed to build, and I'm just now I'm just going to totally take it in my own direction. Um, right. Yeah. So so yeah. So I want to I want to actually just kind of segue nicely into um, the one, one of the sets that like basically I have wanted an excuse to just talk about this set um, forever. I don't have like a shitload to say. I just need to shout it out because I just honestly don't know anybody that really like hypes these guys up um and there were so many lego sets over the years you know there was like the secret agent one and there's you know medieval and castle and town and you know just like a million different <laughs> and ones. town town <laughs> uh but my like the one that i remember loving so freaking much was lego rock raiders Yes. And what's crazy is that Lego Rock Raiders was only a set from 99 to 2000. Lasted Oh my god, it was not even like band. 2 years, right? Wow. It was nothing. Wow. Um and uh basically <laughs> taken from taken from uh, Wikipedia, uh the eponymous Rock Raiders were a team of miners that searched for energy crystals in the underground. They had several specialized mining and transport vehicles at their disposal and were based at various locations around planet U where they processed rocks to extract powerful energy crystals with their refinery stations. During excavations, the rock raiders would occasionally encounter rock monsters, which were included in two different sets and definitely not a song by the B-52s, uh, mm -mm. slimy <laughs> slugs, and numerous other monsters who would often attack the rock raiders of, or, uh, on the bases. Uh, usually they were looking for energy crystals, although some creatures like spiders and scorpions were merely just aggressive towards the rock raiders. Uh, so there were two two specific uh, sets that just did everything for me. Like I, <laughs> I loved these two toys so friggin' much that it was enough to be like, this is like one of my favorite Lego sets of all time. And so the set was the Loader Dozer, which yes. is just this awesome friggin', you know, kind of excavator bulldozer yep. type. Uh, vehicle that has these awesome like big chunky black plastic tires and yep. uh i i loved this thing so much because it it was one of the sets that came with a rock monster which i was really really happy about because they were super cool just a totally unique molded uh lego creature that had like these big you know big old rock hands and rock face with fangs and their um their hands and feet would actually slot like perfectly into the Lego pegs. So you could hmm. put them down onto it and they would stay. <clears throat> and um, unlike I, pretty much every other Lego creature, not symmetrical. Right. Its pose is so incredibly asymmetrical. It's got yeah. one arm up in the air and one arm on the ground to help stabilize it for, you know, it, it was a very sturdy little, not that little uh, figure. Really yeah, cool. Yeah. Very unique. When you stand one of the one of the rock raiders or just any of the normal Lego minifigs next to it, it's like it's only like the size of its hand. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was pretty big. It was a really awesome accessory to come mm. with this thing. And I loved the loader dozer because it also came with the the rock raiders had all these different boulders. Yeah. And the boulders would split apart in the middle, and inside were these neon like crystal green energy crystals. And I loved the way these things looked. And the way that they kind of tied that all in together is that all of the Lego Rock Raider um vehicles had 
the same color, like this neon see-through like highlighter green, but they had them as these small little like circular nodes to try and connect it to like, oh, they're extracting these energy crystals and using them to power these big machines. And so you would get like the raw crystal shape in the boulder and then the actual vehicles themselves would have them in like these more circular or cylindrical like refined crystal kind of components it was just cool it was thought it was Mm. like thought through to try and tie those things together uh and the dozer also had a chain that was attached to the front like bulldozer part and so there was a lever on the back that if you pulled it back it would pull the chain tight and you could actually lift stuff up with the front of the loader dozer and that was so fun that was so much fun Yeah, those little plastic chains that were uh, one of the motif bits for this set were really cool, and they really used them in neat ways. They weren't just like, you know, just decoration. They actually were part of the construction in just a way that, you know, it's not typical at all. I mean, and I, I don't think you've said it, but the color scheme, the, the aesthetics of this set are so pleasing to me personally. Like, so it's, it's like teal is is it's basically teal and yellow and then brown. So everything that's a rock is brown and the crystals are like this yellow green see-through color. But like everything else is either yellow or that awesome teal and it all looks so good together and oh my god, so atypical. You never mm-hmm. see teal and brown together. There are pieces that are black too. But yeah. and they have a lot of the yellow and black, like uh, you know, like warning zone, Ghostbuster trap sort of a look. That's kind of all over the place on yep. stickers and different things like that. Yep. It really has such a fun, like it's like construction equipment, but it's also like pulpy journey, journey to the center of the earth right. kind of adventure as well. Um, I remember you loving these so much, and I never forgot them. And, uh, you know, looking back at them now, it's like, my God, I also just love these. The sets are so freaking fun. I had no idea they were only out for a year. I mean, obviously, I've always, you know, you know, intrinsically linked them with you. Yeah. um, Because you had them and just talked about them so much. But yeah. Wow. What a what a throwback. What an awesome set. Lego Rock Raiders. Just I, a f- I know like they were really using their imagination. This isn't just like, oh, a movie that's out at the time or something. This yeah. is like so interesting mm-hmm. that they they went with this. And yeah, there's, I, there's like, like the one that has the big drill. It's like a it's really like very journey to the center of the earth. Yes. Yeah. So the other the other, you know, uh, w- when I was looking through this stuff, I was actually blown away at how relatively few rock raiders sets i actually owned but i loved the few that i had so much that they just became like the biggest deal to me mm-hmm. um and it was funny i'm like wow it was it was quality over quantity i did not mm-hmm. even remotely have all of the sets at all you know it's like you're a kid you get you get toys mm-hmm. when you get toys and it's infrequent but the yeah. other the other one that i had was the it was called the granite grinder and this thing is so super cool this is what i always think about when i think about rock raiders is this particular uh you know like device this this ship uh so it is a giant mech that the uh, you can put a little pilot in the cockpit the cockpit is just kind of like this brown wire like cage and then it has these two 
huge feet that walk, a ginormous drill like Atragon or Mogera, like a mm -hmm. big yep. friggin' drill on the front. And then the back, it had these two, um, these two like thrusters and these little like gray wings that you could like move up or down. And the way that the feet were designed, the way that they were engineered is they would actually like swivel. So you didn't have to like pretend make the thing walk by like, you know, hobbling it left and right. It would actually, you know, have the feet sliding back and forth. And it felt so cool the way that they did it. It was like almost like there was some part of Lego connects that were that were mm. being used for it. Yeah. Um, really, really neat. And then the thing that was <clears throat> so extra cool was that you could take the feet off and you could reposition some of the elements to just turn it into a, a ship. And you could just totally make the, you know, the craft be a little, little ship that would like fly around or whatever and use the mm. thrusters on the back. And, you know, the, I don't remember if the feet got repurposed elsewhere or whatever, but it was really neat. It had these two different forms. And uh, and man, the, the granite grinder and the loader doser, I'm like, I love these two sets so much that like when I finished building them, they both became two of my favorite toys ever. So like in that, in that case, it's like I didn't want to take them apart to build anything else. I love these things. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the like you said, the concept of what the Rock Raiders were, it's like, I would never have thought this would have been a set that would have been exciting, but they made it cool. They made it sci-fi. They're on this strange planet, the journey to the center of the earth, digging down, finding strange creatures. And, yep. um, and I was such pulpy. a big... Uh, yeah, totally pulpy, and I was such a big fan of the of the Lego sets that there was a game I remember uh, on the computer and also on the PlayStation, and I'm pretty sure I had the PlayStation one, um, but that was also neat too because that had like voice acting and it had some more creatures. There's there's um, a creature that was only in the video game as I know of called the Rock Whale, and there's just like some Ooh. other things that they did to kind of just flesh out the world a little bit. Which, you know, at the time was kind of unheard of. Like I had no idea there was Lego. a video game. That's so cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty neat. You know, I, I feel like not many Lego sets got a, a game. Um, but it was on Windows and PlayStation, and I'm pretty sure that both games are are fairly different like they play pretty differently mm -hmm. um but i definitely had the playstation version and you know it was just it was super cool to see some of these characters come to life and see the you know see the monsters and stuff like that and whatever and you know was the game awesome you know by today's standards you know no but as a kid it was everything i wanted out of it it was just like oh man it's as good as getting like a tv mm -hmm. show out yeah. of like your favorite toy <laughs> yeah, um, right oh, right right so that right. was just really neat um, and then I did have a set that was like a, a base, you know, there was like a home base set that I had too. That was really cool. But in general, I just, I loved these things to bits. Mm. Um, the rock creators were a ton of fun. Um, all but, that base are belong yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. parasite, I think you, you probably have a set you want to talk about. So I'm just going to go from rock raiders to I'm, I actually have one, set that um i i'm gonna save for the next pick but um i mostly played with legos the same way joe did so mostly mm -hmm. this the next this next set that i'm gonna mention was another of your sets that you weren't gonna mention so i'm just gonna mention it mm -hmm. because i also loved it i thought it was really cool i did think that uh rock raiders was better 
But you did get into this set a little bit too. And I feel like it's another flash in the pan that just gets forgotten. And, uh, you know, we talked, we, we, in a recent episode, we were talking about how back in, you know, there was a day when the video game publisher Capcom, they would like, you know, have such balls to try out all these, you know, weird ideas and, and, you know, then it became just the safe bet and it's like, okay, street fighter, street fighter, street fighter. And, you know, just everything that they're definitely going to make a bunch of money on is all they're going to try. And it sort of seems like that it's, you know, Lego has become with their sets, like it's mostly all licensed things or like the town line has gone humongous, you know, things Lego versions of real things, basically, but you don't see stuff like rock Raiders as much. Um, And so this set is called life on Mars nice it came out around the same time i actually don't have any like like hardcore information for you guys i'm just gonna drop some memories but basically this was a series that um had my favorite little minifigures of all time of all time period i love these guys so much these little alien guys they came up with are so freaking cute they have they kind of look like little lizard guys sort of but a little lizard frog people kind of but they're just little aliens and there were some humans that were like you know you know in space gear or whatever but it was mostly the aliens and the aliens had some pretty neat faces like some of them just had eyes and there were girl ones and boy ones and then some of them had like you know masks on that were just like printed on the head they always had these like yep. these very triangular heads um so they didn't have like a, a full piece that was that was their helmet but it was just kind of printed on and uh very cool and uh basically all their uh all the sets came with you know a few of these different guys they were all different all unique and they're just all vehicles all sci-fi stuff a lot of um just interesting things that i thought were really fun i don't think that they had quite as much of a motif down for the colors as like something like rock raiders where you're like okay you can put it all on the shelf and it's like oh yeah that is the rock raider shelf everything is just super cohesive and it really really looks great together this they um they were a little bit more loosey-goosey with that the main one that i remember um was uh was a big mech suit and it's called the life on mars recon mech yeah that's it the recon mech Mm -hmm. and it's pretty fun it's very like exo squad looking Um, probably came out around the same time it's a it's a big red mech and there's a little guy and it's big enough for a little one of the little figures to sit inside and you you know you make the little cockpit and you can open it up and swap out your your dudes and i don't know it's just really really fun Mm -hmm. uh they also had a a pretty cool looking um a base that um, I had seen. Where is it? Um, right here. Um, I what's it called? It's a really neat looking. Like it looks almost like it's an. Oh, so it's called the. Um, I lost it. Arrow tube hanger. Um, where is it? I clicked through to a page and it's just not here now. What, uh, what so the, many little, so many little vehicles that came well, with just yeah, one well, guy. Yeah, while you're while you're looking for that, I, I do remember. I'm looking at this now. So uh, one of the vehicles, I I mostly got vehicles when I was a kid, okay, because they were cheaper and a lot of times it was just like you know the gift that I would end up getting. And stuff oh, it's like the that. the 
excavation searcher is what it is it looks like a, a fairly decent sized base and it has like a like a crane oh, arm yeah. and yes. it's it's pretty cool i remember that oh and i see now uh there was so there's the, the red mech suit and then there is a blue one as well so there's the mm -hmm. recon mech and then there's the red planet the red planet protector which is ironic because the one with red in the name is blue but uh <laughs> they're both cool <laughs> yeah, right. that is funny um i so on uh, on brickopedia i like that it kind of shows what the prices were when these things came out for some of them mm -hmm. uh but uh so the the vehicle i loved a lot was called the t3 trike and oh yes bucks. i see and this that, thing yep. was so super neat because it actually had suspension uh which oh, i had neat. never seen before so you could if you lifted up the vehicle the tires would kind of like droop down and then mm -hmm. once you put it on the ground it would you know come up to be the proper the proper height for the vehicle mm. and so you could kind of like take it over bumpy terrain and the wheels would kind of move and bounce independently and i really liked this one i, very I forgot cool. all about mm -hmm. that but yeah yeah this set was very very clever and super cool like you know leaning harder into the sci-fi exactly just use their imagination just very cool uh so uh, just briefly back to the excavation searcher so it's like a sand colored set and uh the main it actually has three pieces to it and the main biggest coolest thing it's like a it looks like a big robot scorpion essentially and the tail is that thing that i said was like a like a like a crane arm it is super neat it's big enough it has a cockpit and then there's another guy that fits on the back it also comes with a little like super fun hover bike thing that the guy's like kind of just hanging onto and his legs are like trailing behind him it's just like dragging him <laughs> along and then it also has like basically it looks like a gateway that you can use as just you know just a piece of like some base or whatever like that and uh you just set it up and it just feels like you're you know you got a little little bit of a, a checkpoint or a little something uh or maybe a place to park one of the vehicles but uh yeah super neat they really i don't know i just i just also really liked these guys rock raiders i like better but life on mars was another from that same era that never gets talked about and uh I really dig it. And you know what? The aliens are mostly all that, that rock raider teal. Yep. Funny enough. Yeah. Yep. yep. They are very, very, very cool. Very cute. Awesome. I really like these guys. I'm, I'm super yeah. glad that you mentioned that because uh, this one was, was totally one I loved a lot. And I just, I just kind of didn't remember. I didn't remember all the different parts of it that I, that I thought were awesome. Um, Great, thank you so much for, for bringing yeah. that one up. So sure. I, I do have, um, I have, I have one more, um, Nintendo, you said that you were you were good, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so so yeah. So I will quickly talk about Bionicles. Um, Bionicles were Lego's attempt at making a set that had a really honest effort to have like a consistent storyline. Uh, these were, you know, kind of. Uh, they were an answer to waning sales that Lego felt like their sets weren't doing so well. They were they were changing them too quickly and people couldn't get invested in any one given thing. And so they kind of were like, all right, we got to buckle down here. Um, so the Bionicle were were sold as these kind of like medium-sized characters. They were sold in these cylindrical canisters and the creatures were called the Toa Mata. Uh, and there were six of them to start. They were all themed after a different element there was rock stone water fire uh earth and and ice um and they were of you know matching color um they 
had all they all had like a a kind of mechanism on the back that you could kind of twist that would allow you to like turn and in in like kung fu chop their arm uh to kind of like have an uh, attacking position <laughs> and i liked these things a lot um i i didn't think that they were all cool but i thought some of them were really cool i especially liked the the ice and the uh earth one and the uh like forest kind of one green white and brown i loved those a lot and what what helped me get into it so much more is that at the time i was subscribed to lego magazine um and uh, they included with Lego Magazine for quite a while the Bionicle comic book. And the mm. Bionicle comic book was super well done. It was drawn really, really well. All the characters had dialogue. They all were, you know, pretty like well written. Like they felt it, it didn't just feel like, hey, this is a stupid zany cartoon thing for kids. It was like really trying to tell you a legitimate story. Um, and I remember bringing these comics into school. I remember all my friends loved them and like I would let friends borrow the comics and and you know they would bring them back to me and I you know like they, like I just had a group of friends that were just into it for a little while and that made mm -hmm. it extra fun and uh, so yeah this was 2001 they came out and then the next year uh, they revamped the characters and they upgraded them so instead of being Toa Mata they became the Toa Nuva and I thought those all looked a lot cooler um, they had definitely much better weapons, much better masks. I thought that they just looked excellent. Um, and it was it was really neat to be able to like read the comic and see them get their upgrades in the comic as you also have these new toys. And then you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like why the red guy now looks like this and blah, blah, blah. Like it was it was fun. It was a really fun, like cross, you know, medium kind of thing that they were going for. And Bionicle went way farther than I interacted with it. I mean, they made movies, they had shows, they did all sorts of different other expansions that I never really had. Um, but I love the Toa Mata and the Toa Nuva. I played with them a lot. Um, they also had some mini guys that were just like these little pint size um, versions. And there was uh, some some bad guy like creatures that they also made that were elemental. And they kind of looked like the the destroyer droid, you know, like they would like mm -hmm. roll up into balls and then yep. they pop out and have claws and like these like big, you know, clear droidicas. Yeah, the droidicas. Um, and uh, I. I thought those were neat too. I didn't really have them, but they, they did a lot. But Bionicle was, was a very cool thing and wicked different for um for Lego. It was it was a hybrid between um you know primarily connects um based things with like the different sticks and the ball joint and you know twisting moving parts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then some of the other bigger sets would be more of the Lego bricks and and things like that. And uh one of the other things that they they advertised you could do is if you if you had you know the right combination of different toas you could combine them and you could actually you know disassemble them all and, and combine you know three of them into one like super bionicle um, and I never really did that I just liked them separately but that was also kind of part you know part of the fun of it the features that you could say all right well cool if I get all these different ones I can I can make this other thing. Um, so I I feel like these were a great, you know, success for Lego. And I think that, you know, in some form or another, they, they died off in 2010. And I think they got revived in 2015 or 16. Um, but yeah, just, just another noteworthy, like very different thing that I liked about Lego um, growing up. Nice. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. They, were, yeah. they were cool. 
Yeah, Bionicles became huge, and it was weird how even just the packaging was in those like cylinders. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually remember the one I liked the most was the initial black one, and I think his his he was probably just darkness or shadow or something. I he was I don't stone. Remember. Yeah, there was like there was stone. there was like earth, weird. stone, rock. I'm like those are not all. Different but the things. the black one I thought looked the coolest, and he had like his weapon. He didn't have a weapon, but he had like big hands that were like yep. claws. Big and claw I thought hands. I don't know for some reason I liked him the best. Yeah, yep. but yeah, really cool, cool stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, um, Steve, you had one more, right? Sure. Yeah. So I'm going to bring it home with um, a classic line that has uh, that started in 1978 and continues on today, uh, and that is the Lego Castle series. So um, the this is like the first set that I ever got, and one of the only ones I ever got, I guess. Really, I, I like I, like I said, I really didn't have too many sets. Um, but I'm just real quick uh, history. You had mentioned in the timeline that um, in 1978 they Lego started to make like various themed sets, and one of the very first was the first castle, and um, it's just simply called the Yellow Castle set. Like it's it's not it doesn't have a fancy name. It's a yellow castle. It's not that impressive, and the um, the very typical Lego horses that we all know and love um, did not exist yet. So the horses were actually just made of pieces and there was enough to make a black one and a white one, but they did not have eyes. Um, very, you know, basic um, Lego mini figs came with, um, you know, the very first version of the the helmets and they just had kind of coat of arms on their red shirt and blue arms and blue pants. And they were very simple, um, but it did have a working drawbridge and it's a, Hey, you know, you got to start somewhere had very basic arches. Just the, the, I think you, you can think of the typical arch piece that if you put two together, you'd complete a full arch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Pretty much all there is there really, they didn't make too many like unique pieces for this set. Uh, so I did not have that, but I did have, Later on, uh, 1984 and 1986, they re they, they started 1984 revamping the castle, and I think I had one from 1986. Um, but this is like the line where you're starting to see, you know, some some next level stuff. Um, the minifigs have different weapons. They have shields. They have little poles with um. They they created that wavy flag. Yes. It's like the forked molded wavy flag. Yeah, the molded it's like a forked medieval flag that I feel like is just oh my god, my childhood is I remember those so much. (laughs) Um there was also spears and little bows and arrows for the for the minifigs. The you you saw the the horse, the horse in black and in white with a little bridle and eye uh just painted on right directly onto it, and it's got the moving head. Really, really loved those horses. They were so great. Um, also, you have the um, the addition of little arrow slit window pieces. So it's like, you know, you, you, you think of like a medieval window, right? It's just a hole cut into the stone, but it's got a flat bottom and an, it's very tall, skinny window and it has an arch on the top. And that's so, you know, you can shoot your, your arrows out the window at invaders. Yep. Um, and... It had a working drawbridge this time with string, like a little string on e- either side of the drawbridge to actually make it work. Pretty, pretty neat. Yeah. And they also printed some extra stone, like kind of around. There's no like, like 
massive coverage, but there are just little bits of stone here and there. Sometimes windows are surrounded by it. Sometimes there's just a little bit of stone um, worked on to a flat piece. And I don't know, it's just kind of here and there, which makes it even more interesting. It's not like super uniform. So you have like this little bit of an asymmetrical, more natural look a little bit. And uh, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's definitely really cool. So either I had the, I can't quite pin down it like from memory i either had the original one from 84 which is uh i i'm not positive what the name was or i think more probably i had the one from 86 and that one is um i think the one i now see looking at it again i think i had the one from 84 yeah i i was gonna say the one from 86 there's a uh, black falcon's fortress looks a lot like the one i had it but i think Ooh. it has I think it has a little bit more than I, I had. I don't, I don't recall some of that stuff that's in there, but it's just like, you know, they're just, they just kept going. It's just a little bit better. They, there's a little bit more to it. There's some new, new pieces and whatnot. Anyway, really fun. And uh, I mean, you know, Lego castles just never stopped. It's one of those lines. And uh, I mean, you know, you look at some of the ones today that they're absolutely massive, but they still have, you know, those, those flags those banner flags, the forked banners, yep. the permanently wavy, and they still have the horses and, you know, a lot of the same stuff. Like they never improved on the, the basic Lego sword, the basic Lego bone arrow, the basic Lego spear. Right. It's like foundation pieces are just like, right. You know, tried and There's no reason yeah. to change that. It's like, you know, it's, I feel like it's like Mega Man on the NES. They're like, well, mm -hmm. you know, could we make him look better this time? And they're like, yeah, but, well, then he Why wouldn't bother? be Mega Man. Like this is what right. Mega Man looks like. So yeah, you know, just that's how he looks. Like what? Are, what are you saying? I don't know. Yeah, you know, just kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, no. So Lego castles, totally awesome, and like such a perfect thing to make out of bricks. Yeah, it's just perfect, yeah. and you can make the crenellation tops. You know for the the different walls and everything just so easily yeah. with lego and i mean it's just it literally lends itself so perfectly it does to uh to yeah. a castle so anyway but that that was actually given to me uh as a gift um that original lego castle and uh tim you probably have no idea but uh that was actually a gift from our aunt mary gave no me that kidding yeah really yeah old school yeah <laughs> that's that's really fun um well all right guys that uh, that pretty much wraps up the first half of the episode here uh so we you know got to talk to you for quite a while about lego mm -hmm. very excited very happy that we're able to address the elephant in the room when talking about toys that you build uh but now we are just about to take a short break but before we do we have something for you to ponder the octoponder this question of the week so i posted to facebook today and i asked you all why like when you were a kid got a huge bucket of lego sitting in front of you what were you making what were the kinds of things that you tended to go for that you tended to make you know what what kind of stuff was going on up there? I I love asking questions that involve getting the creative side of our listeners. Uh, the Retroids tend to all be pretty creative bunch. So that, to me, sounds like a really great thing to ask you all. So we are going to take a break, and we are going to think about that ourselves, give you our answers, and come back and read the 
read all of the wonderful answers from our retroids. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, The New and Improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews, The Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the... last 20 minutes of the movie that that's what right. the game is it's fucking monsters tearing up a fuck a fucking city secret underground hideouts cinema with harrison smith dorks the podcast the dorkening black and white fright the wicked horror show subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found for more information check out the dorkening.com Hi, I'm Patsy the Angry Nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And, and we're, we're the, the hosts host of, of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday podcast. podcast, part of the Somebodies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we will will see you you next Thursday. This is Larry Blamire, the director of Lost Skeleton of Cadavra, and you are listening to Retro Reductopus. Oh, yeah. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo ponder this. All right. Welcome back aboard, everybody. Before we take a break, we asked you... When you were a kid and you had a big old thing of Legos in front of you, what were you building? What did you like to build? What, what thematic things uh, got your brain ticking as a child when you were building stuff? Uh, so we have all kind of gotten to talk about it a little bit and gotten to think about it. And we've maybe regurgitated some of these answers already earlier, uh, but we're mm-hmm. going to talk about it again. Uh, so what i will say i'll start us off here uh when i had a bucket of legos most of the time i would start by making whatever the largest building was i possibly could just to get it out of my system just to be like okay let's just build a really huge tall building uh and then once that broke and i was bored of that i would usually build spaceships that was Mm -hmm. pretty safe bet like i would take one of the big flat you know flat large field pieces and then just start building on Mm -hmm. different elements to it and trying to create little you know shapes and different things and you know if we had the wing pieces all the better if not i'll just slap some bricks on there it looks like a wing to me um i really like doing that um yeah parasite steve well when i was a young warthog when i was a young warthog 
dog? Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, Joe and I pretty much already gave our answers, I guess. But yeah. essentially, for me, uh, everything, no matter what it started out as, it could have started out as a house. It would end up as a jet. It would always be a spaceship yeah. of some kind. It would always end up with wings. And I, sometimes I would fight it. And I'd be like, no, I am goddamn not making this into a jet. Damn it. I always do that. And then ah. at the end, I'm like, well... I mean, I guess I could just put wings on it, and like every single time. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. And then after, like, after I did, it was always like, oh my god, why do I, why do I not ever not put wings on anything? Wings should just go on everything, no matter what it is. Put wings on my cereal. Put wings on my underwear. Put wings on my space balls. The lunchbox. The lunch I don't know everything. <laughs> nice. All right, Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much mentioned it earlier. You know, I would build like. Uh, either houses or jets or whatever or or, uh, or guns or whatever. But um, I do want to say I do remember making uh, a spaceship. And what I would do is the house set had like its its own bottom, right, mm-hmm. to, to build upon, right? So I would always start off with that and then just make the, the front of the ship and then the wings and then make the, the back of it. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'll just like build whatever on the inside. So like yep. whatever shape I wanted that wasn't so blocky. Um, and and that, that's what I would do. I would always start off with, with the, the flooring of a, of a house and just go from there. Totally. Yeah. Those are, those are like an amazing, like chassis for this. Yeah. yeah, like yeah everything yeah. can be attached to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. All right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into it with the, the retroids. There were some cool, diverse answers here. So we got dust, uh, Dustin Braga says as a child, I was building either a very blocky spaceship, same dude, same, or a castle that can only be described as a Banksy fever dream. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, Phil Conti says I was obsessed with space and robot cartoons in the early eighties. So I pretty much built the kit that I got and then took it apart and made crazy spaceships and robots or mechs. None were very good, but I enjoyed them. I could never make a Lego Transformer, though. Oh, man, you should have talked oh. to Joe. Joe was <laughs> Joe's a fucking pro, Phil. Really, it's really your fault you weren't friends with him. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's what he kept trying to build was a Lego Transformer. Nice. Um, Adam Letourneau says, castles. I had a couple castle mm-hmm. sets that I would build and then retrofit with lasers and other anachronistic oh, nice. weaponry. Fun stuff. Love yeah. uh, love that. Uh, really, really neat. Um, Rachel Leiter says, I actually did have a big container of Legos. Can't for the life of me remember what I built. And that's fair. I mean, you know. It was, it was a long time ago. ago. Long ass <laughs> time ago in a town called Kickapoo. Uh, Tom Morse Jr. says, I built a giant mech that was able to fit some of my minifigs and would battle some of my villain figures like Voltron and Power Rangers. Nice. nice. Also super fun. I loved mix matching Legos with other shit that I had that were not Legos. Yep. Um, yep. That was I I definitely played with like Pokemon figures and stuff and you know what whatever you know just kind of everything was my multiverse right like just play with whatever Oh yeah uh, you got to you got to have that Caterpie go in the cockpit sometimes Exactly <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> drive this ship I mean come on I mean, come on. Allison Wilson says, my mom wouldn't let me get Legos. Oh. So I had to go over to my neighbor's house to use his. He was my age and had all the good toys. I used to make vans a lot for some reason, <laughs> like delivery vans. <laughs> I mean, that's the weird shit that I want to know about. Like, I used to make creepy car. white vans. I don't know why I did that. 
I mean, my first thought was like the shoes. Oh, the shoes. Like, yeah. Right. No, that makes me. Yeah. No. Vans. Um, hey, I'm Nelly, a van. I'm a van. Technically, you are. You're a van Samsman. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Did Jens you make Nelly me, Allison? Did you make me? <laughs> I don't think she did. Uh, Jen Spinelli says, constructing a kingdom and an army. Very fun. I like that. Nice. I, I like the thought of building more than just one building, like I did, and then giving up and making a fucking spaceship, like always. Uh, Nicolette <laughs> Fuller, every goddamn time. Nicolette Fuller says, a hotel, and it had a gym, and a bar, and a piano room, and a restaurant. Well, that's a fucking awesome, like, whole full ensemble there damn there's a piano room what the fuck and a pony and a giraffe and a, and a, and a spot and a, to and play a laser tag garage and a in a four course dinner i don't even know there's how a I farm there was a farm in the back and uh you know there's a, there a sh- shit house there's a van oh. farm yeah grew vans van vandervan down by the van, river van von vandervan uh justin cooper says i would sort out the blocks that had to be in my robin hood or spacecraft sets and then make robin hood in spaceships amazing (laughs) that's the best answer the sheriff of sherwood galaxy um renee s sherwood four all right hell that's that's actually good like the fucking planet name i love that uh renee s decamelis says a stage with a rock metal band playing, towering speakers, amps, and a packed crowd. Also, castles and spaceships and muscle cars. Hell yeah. Uh, hell yeah. That's fucking cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Also, I don't think Renee has answered a octoponder before. She's that's hey Renee, awesome. if you're listening, that's cool. Lead singer and rhythm guitarist at Scars Aligned. Uh she, so you know you, also you, a writer. You a hella rocker yeah. and a writer. You're rocking and writing yes. and rolling. Uh very cool. Um Kristen Kruger says, doesn't actually answer the question, but does show a picture of something we're going to talk about later. Um, so thanks, Kristen. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spill the beans just yet, though. Our listening audience might not know. Uh, I just, uh, Tyler Field says, I just built houses, <laughs> whether out of Legos or Lincoln Logs. Um, also, I built houses for the poor. I gave them right. Lego houses right. to play with. <laughs> that was my contribution. Very confused. <laughs> Um, Andrew Wershborn says, I used to build the Bespin Duel out of Lego way before there were official Star Wars sets. Nice. He also built huge space cities and the van, a big multi-part vehicle with bike ramp, grappling hooks, drop-down door, turrets, a side that hinged open from the roof, and it could do it it could not do a two-thirds split. Andrew, I don't know what happened at the end there. I don't understand. That. But that sounds very cool. Um, Damn it, also, talk to text. You failed me again. <laughs> but I love that. You like it's called the van. And just the thought that like a thing you built with Legos as a kid was so iconic. You named it and like remembered distinctly all the shit about it. It's really yeah. Cool. Uh Kat Seto says robot. The end. Uh, I mean, <laughs> and thanks, cat. And and scene. Uh, Rich Rabbit says, "I had Lincoln logs, no Legos." Sorry, witch wabbit. Uh, Jordan Lynn Epperson says, "Lego or the big Duplo slash Mega Blocks?" I was building all the forts and buildings. Oh, the forts and buildings. Those multicolor, multi-shaped wooden blocks. I would lay them out in a pattern like a mandala. Ooh. That's actually nice. kind of neat to basically not build something, but to arrange them in a satisfying mm. color pattern. Mm. I like it. Uh, uh, Zoe 
Pilcher just says that Legos are amazing and I used to love them. I'm they are. And and you did used to love them. I know that, as you just told me. Yeah. Uh, Scott Clevenger says, The best thing I ever built with Lego bricks was accidental. By losing track of, oh, about a dozen of them, I turned our very 70s living room into the Burmese tiger pit from the most dangerous game with Legos, cuttingly concealed in the shag carpet in place of the punji sticks. Scott, I appreciate nice. that immensely because I actually fucking understand that reference because I've read the most dangerous game and I know what the Burmese Tiger Pit is, so I appreciate that. <laughs> a fucking lot. And uh, he was and, apparently leaving landmines for his parents in the shag carpet, which is just, just diabolical. Diabolique, really? I mean, truly. Wow, Scott, uh, man, Scott, God, man. You know, you really are a Clevenger. Uh, <laughs> Michael Halloran says, I would build full RPG scenarios and pretend that I was making a game out of it. Lol. That's that's super cool. I mean, I, I love that. We, we used to make up like, games all the time with the shit, with the yeah. toys that we had. And yeah. yeah. Uh, Colleen says Voltron. I want to see that. I know. I want to see that. Like <laughs> Pixar didn't happen. Yeah, you got pictures? Yeah, what the hell? Post them. Uh, Matt McIrvin says, a spaceship, a spaceship, a spaceship! A thousand times a spaceship. It's always a spaceship, Matt. <laughs> uh, Jesse Tapia says, when I couldn't get actual sets, I used my Legos to replicate as best as possible. Castles were my go-to, space vehicles as well, and when I didn't have action figure players, built my own. Castle Grayskull, Thundercats base, G.I. Joe, and my attempts at Voltron. Right, I mean that's that's super cool. You sometimes yeah. just didn't get the sets or didn't get the toys, yeah. so you got to create your own. I also enjoy the amount of Voltron answers we're getting. I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. that's actually pretty sick. Uh, PJ Rayhall says, "I made myself the Forever Mitten last year." Well, you know what, PJ, <laughs> that wasn't my question, so I'm not even sure why I read your answer. But yeah, there's no reason to ever read his answers. He he doesn't ever answer. He just tries to make your question. Honestly, PJ, he tries to misunderstand your to question. name drop the Forever Mitten because you thought it was funny. You thought of it, mm. and it's just a random set that you built last year, which mm -hmm. is still dope. He, and he didn't he didn't build it. He's just he's just saying that. It's just, just a, a thing he says. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. <laughs> it's not. Um, uh yeah so i mean pj we love you but uh you get it you get an f uh but it's an f for friendly um james case says i made spaceships and stations mostly inspired by star trek oh yeah nice. some yay. star trek influence star trek nice. Love. Nice. uh samantha dunaway bryant says i didn't have legos as a kid but i did have lincoln logs and Tinker Toys. So, so you know, that's the second Lincoln Log mention, which should be mentioned in tonight's. That's L-I-N-C-O-L-N. I don't want to spell Lincoln. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, Ashes, who did understand the assignment, Patsy, <laughs> says, I would design additions in furniture for Barbie's dream house and make tiaras for the winners of the stuffed animal beauty pageants held in my living room. Boom. Mr. Bear always looked fabulous in a dress. <laughs> God damn, Mr. Bear, you flaunt it. You got it. Uh, that's wicked fun and a super creative and unique answer. Love it. Um, Mike Doherty says spaceships or guns. Apparently you've been talking to Joe. Uh, <laughs> Katie Oldford Bertoli says houses. Um, that is 
very, very fun, very common, but also so much you can do when you're building houses and sorts of mm -hmm. different buildings. Right. And that does it. That's all of our retro answers. Nice. A lot of great answers. Yeah, thanks, thanks so guys. much, everybody. I'm I'm glad that that went the way I was hoping. I was yeah. hoping that people would have some neat, interesting things. You know, we all assume, oh yeah, we all just built spaceships, but you know what? We, a lot of us built spaceships, but. There was plenty of other unique answers there, and I love yeah. to hear from you guys. And when you guys can get creative, it always makes the answers more fun. Um, so thank you so much for that. I just I just can't believe nobody said the obvious answer, which is, uh, of course, Knight Rider cereal. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, yeah. Now I think of it, yeah, pretty obvious. Didn't was the Knight Rider <laughs> cereal just like black rectangles? It's made of Legos, sir. 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 What, sir? <laughs> I don't think there was a Knight Rider cereal. Cereal, it's just what you make out of Legos. It's just a, everybody knows that. Okay. <laughs> well, now now I know it, but yeah. I'm not sure why, but I know it now. <laughs> um, all right. So thank you again uh, for those of you who still want to participate, and you can always do so. Um, you can reach us at our Facebook group or on Twitter at Redoctopus, and you can email us at Redoctopus at gmail.com. And please, if you like what we're doing, leave us a review or a rating on our host site, which is Pinecast. Just search Retro Redoctopus. Thank you all for the Just awesome search podcast. Retro. Just search it. <laughs> Put it on screen dial. Just search it. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah. Second half. Let's do it. Yes. Meat and potatoes round two. Meat and potato round two. Uh, right, so, Shabibs. So, for the second half of the episode, like I told you way back an hour and 20 something minutes ago, uh, our thought is to highlight some of the random offshoot non Lego toys that were toys that you still built and had fun with and probably made spaceships out of. So, um, I also feel like I, you know, was just talking a bunch, so I'm gonna mix it up again. So for the second half, we were going to start with uh, Parasite Steve, and then go to Nintendo, and then we'll end on me. Okay. Okay. So I, I am excited about both of the building blocks that I am presenting tonight. Um, these are both ones that I had to really kind of look into to remember even what they were called um yep <laughs> so it's funny because i have i have memories of these but like once i found the pictures it's like even more like came just rushing back mm -hmm. so um i'll save the better one for for a second but first there really is not much to say about this toy okay so the the vague memory that i had was that there were these soft rubbery sort of plastic but they were plastic um blocks that were kind of just flat and they were all covered in these little pegs they, they were so numerous and in in these perfect orderly rows so it was almost like a comb so it was like almost rows of comb like little tines like little pegs and i'm like what in god's name is this called i don't called? i just i just don't even know what to look up i'm like i'm like uh blocks with tines uh, uh spiky blocks like you know it's like what is this so anyway it turns out that um what i probably had 
was one of many knockoffs from an original that um, was out in England. But mine was I'll start with I'll start with what I probably had, which is called Bristle Blocks. Okay, legitimately not very exciting. Okay, but I'm still gonna mention them. They're still a pick. I had them. I did play with them a lot. They came in these big, um, like a cylindrical container and there was just a bunch of them in there and they're just basic colors and they were there were mostly rect rectangles there was a long piece that um it's just like kind of like a i don't i don't even know it's it's like a little it's just long and skinny it's not a yes, rectangle yes, it just like, has like yeah. bristles on each side it kind of makes an x if you look at it the right way um but they just they just basically had the little bristles on every possible surface, uh, the like the cardinal directions anyway. And um, so anyway, you could make like little things uh, if you wanted to, I guess. They, they kind of worked. Um, they really weren't that good. Uh, but anyway, they were knocked off by a lot of companies. So the original <clears throat> is actually called Stickle Bricks. Um, which was a construction toy primarily intended for toddlers invented by Dennis Fisher, who spells his name D-E-N-Y-S. Why? Because his parents hated him. In 1969, <laughs> the brand eat. is, of course, now owned by Hasbro because Hasbro really has become the evil conglomo Disney of the toy industry. I mean, it right. really is. Right. Um, it really has, bro. It, it it really has, bro. Damn, bro. <laughs> uh, and as of 2016, um, the Stickle Bricks is sub-licensed to Flare Leisure Products PLC, but it is technically Leisure owned by... Leisure Products? Yeah, Flare Leisure P Products, but it is, which I've never heard of. I guess that's just a, uh, like a subsidiary of Hasbro. But um, so actually it turns out that several companies manufacture similar toys even to this day not all of them are compatible with each other though oh. so it's yeah so it's it's like you know you gotta you gotta have the right one it's like a uh uh well i'm not gonna i don't want to step on what you're gonna present um so names for these toys include nopper fun bricks clippo crinkles multi-fit Thistle blocks, and of course, the most popular in America, bristle blocks, which is why I think that must be what I had. But honestly, I don't remember getting these. I always had them. Right. Like, so I think I I must have been so young when I got them. And I don't even think like I don't even recognize like any of the packaging at all for any of the various ones that I could find. I think we just had loose. I wonder if I got them secondhand. Like I yeah, really wonder. I mean, they probably were a hand-me-down or something, that, or right, like a, like a yard sale. Right, right, something like that. Um, I don't know. Anyway, a very bizarre building toy. Super weird. I remember that. Uh, like I don't really know what the hell to make. With yeah, it. right. Like what is it called? Nothing and good. it's like, why was this knocked off so much? They're they're super lame. They're not that cool, guy. And like, honestly, I don't know. They Knock must not be that better. hard to manufacture, but like they seem like they would be a bitch to make because there's so many of those little thistles, little yeah, little, little yeah, spines. The bristles. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Also, Clippo sounds like the name of the Microsoft paperclip mascot guy. Yes, it is. In the 90s. 
like is that is that clippy that was clippy uh, clippy clippy different different no- sound. I, I don't know about nopper nopper yeah, nopper what the hell what the fuck is it mm, anyway fun bricks right. i feel like bricks is just not a We're good not term bricks. like a lego brick is like the standard brick it's like yeah that's like the dimensions brick. of a brick. brick. This is like a brick if it was squished flat in a cartoon and then covered in combs, like the yeah. ends of combs. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. read Very as a weird. brick to me. It's no. it's funny, like so many have the name brick in them. Right. Or, it just only like one a, does. Like a, like a cactus square. Yeah. Cactus squares would have been yeah. fine. But yeah, Thumb. stickle. So yeah, so so two have bricks in the name. The original stickle bricks, and then fun bricks. But anyway, I digress. That's that. Nice. Wow, nice. I totally remember those, and they are just super weird. And it is really crazy how many knockoffs there were of that. Not just yeah. like oh yeah of Lego. It's like no, right, of, right. Like those specifically. Um, so all right, Nintendo. Yeah. So uh, my pick is on Zach's Z A K S. And uh, to me, this is like, you know, like I, I, I was thinking like video game terms here. Uh, I would consider Legos as like the 8-bit, 16-bit era. And Zach's is more like the PlayStation <laughs> Saturn era with the polygons, right? Yeah, oh, that's right. 32-bit Legos. 32-bit Legos, right? So what, what's really awesome about the Zach's is the possibilities were just endless. Like you can buy like just one box of Zach's and it will come with like uh, eyeballs, um, a mouth or, or whatever. And you can make anything like you make a snake and put eyeballs on it. You can make a, a, a mask and fit it on your face. If you wanted to, it was just so cool. You, you can make anything out of them and they're all like different colors. Um, I just love these things so much. Steve had them. I never had them, but I would, every time I would go over to his house, we would, we would normally would play video games, but we get bored of it. And, and I'm just like, I just want to play Zax. Yeah. Like that was a common thing. A common thing. You'd be like, want to play Zax blocks. (laughs) Let's just play Zax blocks. That's fun. Yeah. Let's just do that. That's so much fun. And yeah, like, like what Steve said earlier with the, the Legos, like hours would go by. Yeah. Like hours would just, just go by so fast. And like, holy crap. And I would make like, like, like really big balls. So I like, I like balls apparently. Um, always. Even then. Always. Even, even then. Always. Even, even then, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I would make. Because uh, like you haven't little, described like, what the actual pieces are. You should. You should. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. So what. What they are is they're just like triangles and squares, and what they they have um, these little uh, notches on each side of them, so you can like snap them together, and they're bendable, right? So with that alone, you have so many possibilities other than just building stuff on top of one another or whatever. It was just super um, different, really like, different, yeah, so- and so unique at the time yeah i didn't play with these but i remember like i i was describing them to you guys the other day and i was like oh they were like triangular with like these weird like notches and you guys like oh yeah those are the zacks i was like okay Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i never really did much with them but they were very distinct totally distinct super awesome 
uh, I like making the the mask and kind of like uh, pre- pretend I was like Andros from uh, Star Fox, <laughs> the original Star Fox, because yeah. the mouthing go. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> a weird polygon mouth and everything. Uh so yeah, that was that was a time. Yeah, I loved yeah, I love Zax. So I will I will say about Zax that it was harder to make something that looked like something. Like you could just connect them endlessly or make yeah. just general polygons, like make a ball if you had enough of the triangles and yeah. whatever. But um it was harder to make stuff that actually looked like things um yeah and where with if you had a bag full of legos or a box full of legos whatever you you're probably never going to make the same thing twice it's just impossible there's the the pieces are too small your brain's not going to do the same thing it's just going to create something similar but not exact but with zach's you could remember how you did something because the pieces were a lot bigger and they're all they're mostly triangles and you sort of figure out how to do do things. So like what you just said with the mask, I remember doing that with a few different things. And um, yeah. the big thing with the big set that I had, because I only had one set and it really to call it a set is weird. They, they just had a, you know, X amount of the, blocks. the yeah, different it blocks. Like it special, was, yeah, it wasn't like like what Legos did. It wasn't like. Um, right. Uh, it was like well, they have set. I mean, they had like animals. Like, okay, yeah, they have animals. And, yeah, and little birds right. or whatever. Yeah, there's like a parrot thing. one that looks pretty yeah. neat. But yeah. I had the one that was the the dragon. So yeah. if you look up Zach's block, Zach's blocks dragon, you'll definitely find it. It's really not that cool. Um, <laughs> but he he's green and he looks like a little T-Rex and uh, actually I'm not able to find it on Google I can't believe it um, it was the big set it was like the one in the commercial but yeah it was uh, it was like cool and we would make him sometimes and you'd have to really like go by the instructions you're like okay this is the torso and then you make each each arm and then you make the legs and they make the head and you know you put put on the eyes and the eyes were neat too they were like glass little glass eyeballs that looked cool they had like mm. blue you know uh what sclera i can't remember the name of the color of your eyes the, the pupil and the, the yeah i don't remember yeah the corny is the color yep Cor- yes. really cool yes yep and uh it's uh you know they were weird they were i don't know it was fun, just fun. we we really you and i really played with these a lot that's for the, sure we played the fuck out of them that's really funny it is funny to remember how goddamn much we played with zach's blocks like yeah it's so really funny. weird yeah but we did yeah and uh and apparently they're not worth anything you can buy them on ebay people are selling like full sets for like 15 bucks 20 bucks yeah. um so yeah yeah um also, uh, the the part of the eye we're thinking of is the iris. Oh, it's the iris. Oh, the iris, the color part. The, iris, the, yeah. the cornea is the 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 covering of the okay. Of the actual thing. Okay. Um, yeah. Nice, yeah. Zach's box, man. Yeah, really, weird. Just really unique. Zach's and weird. black. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go to my my main one here. Uh, so the the biggest like knockoff to Lego for me growing up was was mega blocks um mega yes. blocks oh, b-l-o-k-s because they were just okay um but i think that they had some of the most impressive 
like I don't know, set dressing, figures, accompaniment, whatever. Uh, widely recognized as one of the biggest Lego knockoff brands throughout the 2000s, Mega Blocks definitely did have their fans. Though the blocks fit together in an unsatisfyingly mushy way and frequently came <laughs> apart, the toys and sets that were included with the blocks were so damn cool. Uh, most well known for their Dragons line. Mega Bloks was knocking Lego out of the ring when it came to cool miniatures and mid to large size accompanying toys. Uh, the dragons themselves looked amazing and some featured sound and light. Uh, some people, there were knights, there were kings, etc. They all looked leaps and bounds better than any of the Lego minifigs that they were putting out or had been putting out for years. Much love to all of the Rock Raiders and the Life on Mars characters, mm -hmm. but the Mega Bloks guys looked so so much more detailed they um, did they yeah. they really just they upped the game a lot <laughs> so it was kind of like a double-edged sword because the constructing building part of the mega blocks sucked but the things themselves were wicked cool so yeah. i mean the ones that i really remember i had from the original set of mega blocks dragons there was a castle i think it was there was something that looked very familiar to me it's called the sorcerer's lair but I, I definitely had some some set that came with a bunch of different little knight guys the knights had these very detailed suits of armor they all had different crests on their helmet different weapons different shields um a lot of detail in the little characters and then the dragons themselves had like these big orbs on their chest they would walk on all fours and their faces of the initial line had just these these big red triangular eyes and 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 like uh, you know similarly colored teeth um now these they're dragons so, are so awesome <laughs> they're, they're super cool and and the first set is by far the worst looking dragons yes. of all of them because they just kept getting better. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, it was it was crazy because every you know every time I'm like, God, you know, these look so awesome. These look the best. And then they just would improve it. So um, the dragon set, you know, I had initially was cool. And then I remember oh, they man, had come out so with cool. another set that was called Dragons Crystal Wars. And Dragon's mm -hmm. Crystal Wars had two sets that I had. Uh, there was one that was the Sea Dragon, and that was like this huge, super long, like gray dragon, like bluish gray dragon <clears throat> that had these big, like, fins on top of its head. And it did not have big outstretched wings, it more had like wing membrane in between its arms or like folded back or whatever. And, um, and it would like walk, you know, on all fours, almost like a cat kind of mm -hmm. pose. And uh, this dragon just was so fucking cool. I, I really, really couldn't get over how awesome this guy was. And he was humongous. He was wicked big. Um, and he came with like some orcs and stuff that uh, you could fight. And there was actually one knight that was part of this set that had like these antlers on his head. And he had a wooden shield. Oh, or, oh know, my god! They, right, they just looked so cool. Like these yeah. knights were so extra awesome. Um, so <laughs> oh the Crystal Wars was like Ugh. really where this series stepped up. Yeah, I mean these um, dragons were not like if you if you guys have never seen this stuff and you're picturing okay, Mega Blocks is a Lego knockoff. So you're picturing like a Lego type dragon. No, these dragons are just no. figures. These yeah. are like amazing, amazing figures. Like one that are big. Could be sold by themselves. Do Easy. not need to. They be could sold be like with a building set. Like right. NECA would package that dragon now today as like a hundred dollar figure. Yes, it oh, would be yeah. the same exact figure, Easily. the same yeah. quality, and it would be that dragon 
and it would be a hundred dollars. Yep. It would absolutely easily. I mean, this thing is so big and detailed, and it's it's just an excellent figure. There's no assembly. There's no mm -hmm. assembly required. The main gimmick with the Crystal Wars is that there were these different like um, hexagon like crystal kind of power core things that you could pop onto different parts of them. And I mm -hmm. think that they would light up. I don't remember if they always did. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, you didn't have to build any part of it. Just the the dragons were, were as they are. And then you build like the castle or like the little, little base, little sea outpost thing. Um, the other thing that was from the Crystal War set that was sick was the Mana War. Which was just this giant pirate ship with like a sh with a dragon's like face on the front and big sails, and it came with the like basically the default dragon from the original set got upgraded for Crystal Wars, and so uh, the Man of War came with a blue version of like the new default dragon, and they looked way better. They looked way more, you know, like an actual dragon. Whereas you look, you look back on the original dragon set, and you're like, oh yeah, no, that looks weird. It almost looks like a mech, like like a mecha Godzilla mm -hmm. approximation of what a dragon would look like. Um, whereas the ones in Crystal Wars definitely looked like they could be alive. Um, <clears throat> totally, but yeah, but you know, the the pirate had ship to start was, somewhere, right? You had to start yeah. somewhere. Uh, the yep. pirate ship was so cool, man. The man of war. Um, oh my god! I mean, so cool. God, this thing was epic and like yeah. i i had a fisher price um pirate ship that was one of my favorite things in the whole world to play with and this ship was just like perfect because i'm like oh my god now i have like a two i have two ships that you can do stuff with and that was just so much extra fun and i yeah. actually think that like Mega Bloks was originally a canadian company but i'm pretty sure it got acquired by uh, fisher price somewhere down the road. I think it actually might have been at this time, but I'm not positive. I couldn't find out a lot about that. Um, but the Manamore was awesome. And then the other, uh, there, there was a number of additional sets from Dragons that I didn't have anything from. Um, but I kind of had, I think those were like the main ones I had gotten and I stepped away from it for a while. But then uh, they came out with the Dragons Metal Ages. And this character they came out with was like this big deal king shit dragon. Uh, that stood on two <laughs> legs and his name was thorin which is looks like, freaking um, badass too so holy crap fucking cool man and it's like the most ridiculously awesome looking dragon guy he had a huge green gem in his chest that you could press that so it would light awesome. up and he would make sounds his mouth articulated so you could actually open it and close it and his teeth even fit together perfectly like it was so impressive and he had a uh, a helmet on that had like these golden horns and stuff coming off of it. And you could actually take the helmet off and see his full face or you could mm -hmm. put it back on. And I mean, he looked awesome either way. Um, the wings were detachable. And uh, I mean, Thorin is just so sick. I think he's like the dragon of, of silver or steel or something like that. Um, but yeah, this guy I had I had gotten as a present. I think Steve, you had bought him for me because you're like, I know that you've been out of the dragons thing for a while, but look at how sick this guy is. And I'm like, um, what? This is the coolest <laughs> fucking thing. How the hell is this still Mega Bloks dragons? Like, yeah, what? Seriously, it's so insanely good. Um, and I just I adored these guys. They were just the sickest thing. They were on my shelf forever as a kid growing yep. up and through high school and stuff i just i just had them on display because they were awesome yeah. um but yeah i mean mega blocks definitely as bricks were not very good and i think the reason for that is because they were all slightly rounded they didn't have like a very good sharp like 
rectangular edge mm. they all were like a little bit of a, a softer plastic and they all had rounded edges and so all of the bricks when they would push together just kind of like smushed together it didn't feel like a nice right snap. and um, like sometimes yeah. they would like it would uncouple on its own yeah like you'd snap it together as hard as you could and then they would kind of separate it would just not stay. <laughs> it would shoot out <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> get the fuck out of here Wait, Bing. Bing. <laughs> and, and that was frustrating but i mean you know we got to the point where it's just like i don't know it doesn't even matter it's just about the freaking figures like mm-hmm. the figures they come with yeah yeah dragons. exactly yeah, with the dragons yeah yeah with the dragons that was everything about it um but yeah you know uh, the dragons. dragons were everything <laughs> really were. my god uh yeah but man i don't know sea dragon is so cool he's so, so cool, cool. Oh, oh yeah. god these were awesome yeah but uh yeah i don't know that's mega blocks mega blocks dragons specifically oh yeah super sick um so parasite steven i think unless sure. joe do you have another one i, I can't no, remember that's it okay that's all i had just that one. Oh, okay so this one i am so freaking glad that the google box did not let me down and it reminded me of of this and brought me here um so uh i feel like people will remember this when they hear it but i don't know it's just like one of those things like it doesn't exist in its original form at all now although the line is the name is still in existence but it's nothing like they used to be so it's called constructs and it does end in an x and it was a fisher price toy building toy uh, introduced by Fisher Price in 1983. Unlike other building toys such as Lego, constructs feature beam-like pieces of varying lengths that snapped onto cubicle connector pieces in order to build large shapes. So basically, you're dealing with girders, and then like a little cube that has a little like you know, a little mail piece that the girder wraps around, essentially. The girder is basically a U, right? It has one open part. and But it's it's like a girder. It's like got four sides. Yep. And some of them are straight. Some of them are, are, are bendy. But even the bendies have, like, no actual curves. It's all straightaways, straight lines and angles and stuff. So it has yeah. a very distinct look to it. Um, and uh, it also had... Um, plastic pieces that would fill in the gap so you could make a girder uh you start with your girders and your knots and then you could make like a square right let's say you're just making a square okay fine we made a square well now you can take a little blue square piece that's the floor and you snap it into the space that you just made so it's kind of like you're playing a game of of armadon on the on the arcade machine box and you're you're filling in little squares as you go around and complete your 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 squares and rectangles and such so it's kind of like that and they had um all different size uh like filler pieces like that that you could just you know if you wanted to make a car and and you make you make your frame and you make your chassis and then you can like fill in the sides and fill in the bottom and i don't know it's kind of fun they had lots of different sets um, and most of them were jets and spaceships and planes. Very f- honestly, it's it's all like sci-fi looking. Yeah, it really just they leaned into it. They're like, no, 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 this is just our thing. 
Um, so it's mostly spaceships that really kind of could have been in Star Wars. Honestly, they look very similar. And, you know, in hindsight, it's like, wow, that would have been a really good um, license for them to have had at the time when the toys were like that. They, you probably would have been able to make some really cool versions of stuff like AT-ATs and, a, you know, A-Wings and B-Wings and stuff and X-Wings. And I mean, it would have been cool. But so anyway, so they also another common piece they had was basically a satellite dish. Uh, type piece they had a ton of these and um you know depending on the set they used it for different things sometimes it was like an end cap and you're just kind of making you know a, a rounded end to a thing or sometimes it's facing the other direction and it looks like you know that's your, that's your engine your afterburners come out of there and um your exhaust and uh you know landing gear looks good as landing gear as well and everything just really snapped together well so it had yeah. that satisfying Lego quality that when you snapped a girder onto one of the connector knots, like it really had a nice crisp, like snap sound. And it was really on there. Like you'd have to really force it to come out. Um, very fun. I loved playing with constructs and this was a toy that I had multiple sets of. And, um, Joe, I, I don't know if you remember, but I had, I don't remember, I couldn't find the set. I couldn't find like a set that really rang a bell, like for sure. Because with mm -hmm. this, it was like, we were saying you build it and then you just sort of deconstruct it and you yeah. just have pieces. So that's, yeah. that's what I did. And I know we played with these too, but do you remember yeah. we had, um, I, I remember having like, like cock piece sections that were like a, a see-through, like green color, yeah. mm -hmm. like I did find a couple that that had that, but man, so neat. We would make you know all sorts of spaceships, but that really was like that polish, you know, having having that cockpit cockpit like section that's the glass or whatever, and it looks so good like that that lime green because yeah. by and large the sets that I had and the sets that I think were all from the eighties, the connector pieces are always blue. And the the panels that are like the hard panels that you snap in like to for the floors or whatever, or the walls, those are always the same blue, but most of the girders are actually either light gray or white. So it really did have like a very uniform color scheme that really set it apart from anything else. It really had its own mm. look, its own motif, yeah. its own everything. Yep. And the sets that had those green see-through pieces it was like oh my god they look so good with that color scheme yeah just nuts anyway i i had truly forgotten all about constructs all these years and um my god i really love i really loved them and there were apparently some sets that came with um uh, motorized um components that were like battery operated i guess Neat. you could you could add um i didn't have any of those but so okay so that's the main presentation constructs rule um and so the name constructs is actually still in use and they were purchased um they were discontinued in 1988 so it went from 83 to 88 not super long lived uh and then they were re revived so that was fisher price they were revived by mattel in 1997 and then discontinued again, but Mattel retained the retained the name. Um, so ten years later, in 2017, 
they actually uh, released lines of mega constructs and it's, you can buy these today. They are in stores. Um, they have licenses only. It seems they do not look, they have no relationship whatsoever to the original toy. They are not girders with little connector knots. It has nothing to do with that. They're more like molded pieces for whatever the set you want to build. They have a lot of specific pieces for that. The freaking licenses are so all over the goddamn map. It's unbelievable. So if you look up Mega Constructs Pokemon, there are a ton of of Pokemon yes. you can build. So that like there's an amazing Charizard and like a Venusaur and a Blastoise. Awesome stuff. They also have freaking Game of Thrones, which is so like just random. It's just dissonant. It's like, how do you have Pokemon and Game of Thrones? The sex murder show where everybody dies. Like it's the <laughs> weirdest <laughs> fucking thing. But they're yeah. like, well, dragons appeal to kids. There are dragons in Game of Thrones. We'll just do that. So that's pretty cool. Right. Um, also, they uh, <laughs> they have they have a, a ton of other ones. Uh, they actually have Halo yep. toys. They have Hot Wheels, Ninja Turtles, and Masters of the Universe, which I think are actually the coolest. And oh my god, my favorite Mega Constructs that I found uh, from this digging down this rabbit hole is a Castle Grayskull. There are two different ones, but there there is I don't know exactly what it's just called Castle Grayskull. But it's the Masters of the Universe line Pro Builders. Oh my god, this thing is unbelievably cool it's like 350 dollars. it's so awesome like no, i want yeah. it and it yeah. comes with uh tons of different guys comes with you know comes with he-man and like i don't know a serpent guy i can't remember who that what guy's name is and the sorceress and like i don't know like five different figures the different the figures are so cool they're so awesome they're so awesome the little skeletor is cool he fantastic. he doesn't come with this i Oh, maybe maybe Skeletor is in this set. But anyway, the the frigging Castle Grayskull looks so amazing, and it's that green. And they even have like some like slightly off color green bricks just to give it like that texture of like oh, it's not just uniform. It's got like you know some some differences in the color. Just like real brick has differences in the color. Oh man, I love this freaking thing so much. But it really is nothing to do with the name it's just the name they they retained it and they're like yep constructs whatever now it's we're a just full on lego knockoff yeah we're just yeah we're just yeah. We're, yeah essentially right but back in the day they clearly came up with something that was utterly different and um in my opinion really fun to play with um I mean, I, I I truly feel like I liked Constructs more than Lego. I I was not Lego obsessed when I was a kid. I liked Legos. They're always fun, 100%. But it's not like I was... Like, like I said, I didn't have too many sets or anything like that. I had different building toys, and I had fun with all of them. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. Constructs, Constructs was freaking awesome. That's that original. Nice. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, uh, if you uh, if you look, there's actually a constructs alien queen that I feel like you just need to own, Steve. Oh, uh oh, 
Uh, I po- I posted a link in our podcast chat. You can take a look at it. Um, okay. But while we uh, while we just you know reel it, how different constructs are and are actually super cool now. Still, like they were cool back then too. Um, I have one last one to round this whole production out. Um, so we're talking about toys that you build. That does not exclusively mean Lego knockoffs. It's just toys that you build. So for me, uh, I really wanted to at least mention models and i wanted to mention uh the likes of gundam and zoids because yeah. those are oh, both yeah. toys yeah. that you build they come in a cardboard box with a bunch of sheets of plastic pieces that are all labeled with well, you know sheet a sheet b and uh you go through your instructions all you sorts have- of sheet all sorts of sheet. <laughs> Uh, but you right. put them together based on the very specific instructions. And unlike Lego, there really is jack shit to do unless you build the thing <laughs> you're supposed to do. Like, you you have to build the mod. Okay. Read the instructions, play by the rules, build the thing. Um, but man, I don't know. There were not many things that felt cooler to finally finish putting together than building a Zoid because they just looked so friggin cool and i remember thinking that like when you when when i first got one and opening up the box and just seeing these sheets of plastic i'm like what the fuck is this you know Mm. i'm like i i I don't understand um and then you know kind of just getting used to it and realizing like it's a it's a model you know you are building this thing and then at the end you get what's on the box yeah uh and you know the, they would take a while they'd be like two or three hours worth of sitting there building it and stuff you just kind of get a feel for it. i mean when i was a kid i built i just snapped all the pieces off by twisting them with my fingers or whatever i didn't have like a fancy tool kit or nothing like i don't know um so i built a a fair share of these zoids and i loved them and just like the the thought of if i just bought the figure it would have been cool but having to build it adds so much extra investment mm. to it that makes you love it way more. And yeah. I think that's a really neat quality of toys that you build is that mm-hmm. it's not just some assembly required. It's work yeah. before you get to play with it. It's like it, it's a fun, different activity first. And then you get to have the wicked cool toy at the end and, uh, you know whatever so mm-hmm. i i loved zoids and later on in life i got into building gundams because they kind of stopped making zoids gundams were easier to find never really watched gundam at all i just mm. like building these things like the yeah the yeah plastic model sets are really fun and i mean i know i know some people that love building historical um you know replicas of boats and planes and submarines and ships and all kinds of stuff like that um steve dion i believe he's in our retroid group and he um I know he's a huge, huge fan of historically accurate uh, model building. And so, yeah, you know, I think models definitely had to get at least a little bit of a shout out. Um, Zoids specifically, I just like the, the robot animals. Um, I think they're one of the greatest toys of all time. Easy. They, yeah. Top yeah. five. They really are. They're just like. Top five so, most badass. Easy. They're so well designed. They're so cool looking. And I just love, love, love all the different random animals and dinosaurs and creatures and stuff that they came yeah. up with and the names that they had were great. And I mean, as we had alluded to or t- talked about kind of at length in in earlier episodes, you know, there was a lot of different forms of Zoids and different mm. names that they took, especially back in like the 80s and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> different variations. And uh, much like Marty Friedman, uh, they are huge in Japan. They are huge in Japan. 
Yes, exactly. yeah. Much like Mr. Big and Marty Friedman, uh, huge <laughs> Japan. So uh, yeah, you know, I ain't gonna belabor the point, but um, Gunpla models, Gundams, Zoids, all that stuff. Absolutely love awesome it. Awesome stuff. And uh, and had to mention it in in an episode where we talk about toys that you build. Um, right. And I I'll mention just uh, because you had brought it up off off mic but the um i think everybody who grew up in the 80s will will be able to say they probably had w- at least one of these but those like those those wooden dinosaur bones model kits like, yeah, like everywhere wood, like yeah, yeah the balsam wood yeah. just like oh my god they were just everywhere like you at, at like you know the the school book fairs there was always totally. you know various ones and and like every gift shop ever always ever. had them and every zoo yeah. every aquarium i i remember having uh a few of those i liked i liked a lot obviously i had the triceratops because of course i did but it was not my favorite by a long shot my favorite was probably the plesiosaur i loved the plesiosaur um i had a plesiosaur and a pteranodon and both of those were um we hung from my ceiling with uh fishing wire and it looked really cool i had them up there forever um, and I also had a big uh, Parasaurolophus, um, and it was really awesome. I loved those things. Those things were just freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. And you you mentioned it the other day, and it's like, oh yeah, gotta gotta definitely yeah give those a mention. <laughs> yeah, those all came apart. You know, they were just all individual pieces, and you put them together and have this mm-hmm. great looking skeleton. So yeah, yeah uh, you know that kind of right there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, puts a wrap on this episode about toys that you build. Yeah. Yes. Pretty fun. Pretty good stuff. Uh, loved the the discussion and and all the different memories that we got to talk about. So uh, this this has been a lot of fun. So you know, almost time here to catch the horizon. But before we say goodbye, we have one more thing for you. So let's go to this. Hey, you like old games? Yeah, yeah, so do we. But the thing is, there are new games that actually play like they're old games, but they're new. Anyway, it's time to check one of those out. This is Retro Nouveau. Hey, everybody, Parasite back on the mic right here. I have a Retro Nouveau for you, and it's not themed, unfortunately, but it is one that I've been excited to share with you guys for quite 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 a while maybe a month maybe a month and month and a day month and a week i don't know something like that (laughs) um so this uh new game that plays like an old game uh is one that at least 8-bit and myself probably some other humans on the planet as well have been waiting for for many years it's been years hotly anticipating this uh it's called vengeful guardian moon rider by joy masher who who is like you know probably tied for first with my all-time favorite like current indie developer i really really like joy masher a lot um so vengeful guardian moonrider while being a mouthful is a gorgeously sprited 2d side-scrolling action platformer that nintendo actually got to try out a couple weeks ago Last week, I believe you was over my house. Yeah. Um, that channels the golden age of classic 16-bit action games. And it sort of feels like it's a maybe a Genesis game. It kind of well, yeah. I think it has more Genesis vibes than anything, any other does, specific yeah. system. Um, it sort of plays like a cross between 
my favorite Genesis game of all time, which honestly, I wasn't expecting it to to do this, but I'm playing it and I'm like, my God, all I'm getting is Shinobi 3 vibes from this. I, I just had yep. no idea that that was going to be the case. But it, I mean, the main character is like this robot um sort of samurai robot thing and like he just really controls just like joe musashi and specifically shinobi 3 he's got the same dash and this like when you're running if you do a an attack he does this like kind of you know stops on a dime but not quite and slides a little bit and does this big slash and like uh the way he he down kicks and can bounce off of enemies and like he really just feels like that like it's another entry in the shinobi series honestly yeah which is just i mean i'm tickled pink i mean i don't know if you guys can tell but like my color my aura is very pinkish uh and and it's because of this um it also you know it's reminiscent of strider i I think that strider is like what we all thought from the trailers and it's in there but not as much uh definitely very shinobi 3 but it does have an oh my god i can't believe i'm about to say this i've always wanted another game to do this i cannot believe i'm about to say this it has the exact wall jump from batman on the nes the exact wall jump the exact fucking wall jump and that is one of my favorite wall jumps ever he like he's he, he he doesn't slide down when he does his wall jump, that's like one of the things he, he's stationary wherever you like initiated the wall jump. He will, he will like take a second and he does this like animation where he sort of turns and then, you know, kicks off of the wall. And it's just the exact timing, the exact feel. It is the Batman on the NES wall jump. It's insane. So um, I, I don't know. I, it, it is a very, very well-made game. It is very gorgeous. The music is incredible. It's, it's, it's like, it's like every stage has such good music, but they're all different genres. Like that, you know, the recent Ninja Turtle game. Like I love, I love that kind of a thing. You know, yeah. really, really fun, and and it really just helps every level have its own identity too. Um, really, really fun bosses. They basically made a bunch of other samurai robots that all have names that are like Moonrider. So it's like, you know, Sunstrider, like stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I don't actually remember, but there's like, you know, like a wind guy and a fire guy and an earth guy and you know, whatever. They're really awesome. Really, really cool. They have dialogue with your main character. Dialogue is not the best, but who cares? Um, just incredibly fun game. Um, not like, the shortest game like you know it's 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 a it's a good chunk you can select your levels uh at at any in any order so it sort of almost feels like you know like a mega man x or mega man game you know like you're choosing from your your i don't don't think there's eight levels to start with but maybe there's like six or seven and then there's uh three more open up really fun game um highly recommend it i mean you know, 10 out of 10 time traveling tentacles, really, really awesome stuff. Also from joy masher, just, and I, I have mentioned them many times on retro nouveau before, but, um, they, their first game was Oniken, and that was more of an NES sort of a clone. And then there was Odalis, the dark call, which felt like a eight bit plus, like it wasn't truly eight bit. I mean, neither was Oniken, but Oh, Dallas really kind of looked like a little bit plus it's still had a limited palette, but really, really fun games. Both of them very different. And then blazing Chrome was a more recent one. And that also felt like a Sega Genesis game. And that yeah. was more of a, like a Contra, 
you know, running gun shooter type. So every time they're making a very different type of game, like Oni Ken was more like a ninja hack and slash, almost like shadow of the ninja or something, or, uh, no, no. Is that the, is that the two player NES one shadow of the yes. ninja? Yes. Yeah. Kind of feels like that a little bit, um, very difficult. And then Odalis is like, I don't even know what to, it's like a hack and slash game, but you can go back to old levels and you can explore like Adalus is like sort of kind of my favorite. Mm. Um, it also has like, I think the best sense of humor. I think it's like very funny, but honestly, I, I just literally love all the games that this company has put out so far. They were a Brazilian company and uh, eight bit has, has just like one guy met the it's just one guy yeah pretty, you got to meet much. him at PAX. I mean, like, yeah like there's one main guy and then i think he has like you know a team of people that help with like there's a there's always you know someone who does the music there's probably some other stuff but yeah i mean i met the main guy at pax and just basically was like hey dude like i don't know you are literally like me and my brother's favorite indie dev right now like you just constantly put out interesting awesome stuff and just couldn't say enough good stuff about him i got a i got a selfie with him you know just to kind of be like yeah. hey this guy's awesome and i follow Very him on cool. twitter uh, interact here and there um and uh, actually steve you will be thrilled because the la the latest stuff that he's been posting on twitter uh, very scarcely. I don't know exactly what it means, but it's been like it's Odalis, but it's it's with a whole new graphics engine. So I think he's working on a sequel to Odalis. Oh, that's um, that would be amazing. He, he I, posted, I loved he posted that one, a, a screenshot or an animated GIF or something, and I commented on it. And I said, "Ah, oh, it's the majestic return of Haggis." And uh, yeah, Haggis loved, is the main character. It's like, the, so funny. Comment and everything like that. So I'm like, I don't know if he's just like testing stuff out and yeah. around or if he's really working on a sequel. But nice. Uh, I, I I hope so. I mean, it it, it really he's always he's always going. He so many of these working on a game. So many of these indie developers are just like this. They just are these workhorses. They are passionate about what they do. And I am just here for all of it. And it it's so incredible because almost every single time that we've been like really excited for one that like has been in development for a long time. I mean, sure, there's lots of, you know, games that come out that aren't necessarily tens out of tens, but we we are very rarely let down. I feel yeah. like we've we've kind of found a decent amount of people to to follow, and it's like wow, you know, you know, like the yacht club, and like who else is there? Like the, uh, I, mean, I mean, the the guy, the 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 owl boy guy, you know, like I don't know. There's there's yeah, there's like some there's really a lot talented of creators out there. Mecha Skull is the company that Mecha did Skull. Um, Cyber Ninja. Oh no, Mecha Head. Mecha Head. Yeah, I always say it wrong. Um, there, there's there's a bunch of really great creators so out there. cool so cool. And honestly at the point that we're at i can't keep up there's there's yeah too many there's great the, now there's so many right and who, so who did the who did the ninja turtle game ninja turtles was tribute tribute, tribute right games. yes tribute they, i mean oh my god yeah yep. and then the same ones that did uh streets of rage 4 yeah uh, streets okay. of rage 4 yeah. was not tribute that was um that was dot emu okay uh, oh, so yeah, okay. that's that's a different company. Unless that they published it, but um, I, I I know they're involved with the Ninja Turtle one too. The Tribute definitely did Ninja Turtles, uh, but yeah. So uh, Street Race Four was Dot EMU and Lizard Cube. Oh, okay. Those are the two there. Um, but and uh, we just we just got a trailer that dropped today 
of a company, same company that did the angry video game nerd game, is doing a yeah. Toxic Crusaders beat em up based on the Toxic Crusaders cartoon show, which lasted great. like one freaking season in the 90s. I mean, it's yeah. like absolutely the most random thing. I, I am here for all that. I want more companies to like like fill in the gaps of games yep. that should have come out when we were kids. Like, why wasn't there a Thundercats game? Why wasn't there a good He-Man game? Why wasn't there, you know, so many different you could just keep going game. right like come on yeah. there should be a, yeah. you know a, a really amazing 16-bit transformers game why 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 not it would be an amazing run and gun game mm -hmm. an amazing yeah. run and gun i mean you know just have levels where you turn into vehicles that's all just like the equivalent of the sewer surfing levels that's it that's all you need to do for the transforming stuff yep. Yep. that would mm -hmm. be amazing and you just yep. kind of switch off and maybe there's two levels as a robot and then you have like a vehicle level and then two more levels and another vehicle level and maybe there's you know just a two or three vehicle levels and it would be fine oh my god like please yep. do i mean so a lot of that stuff is owned by hasbro so they're probably not gonna allow that kind of stuff to happen but some of the smaller you know things i mean i'm sure troma still owns all the rights to toxic crusaders and it's not yeah. like lloyd kaufman's gonna say no to anything so that just probably worked out you yep. know, but man, I I am so here for all this retro nouveau, man. I love it. I yep. absolutely love it. It's it's super fun. It's a great time to be a fan of games. There's more people who grew up with the stuff that we love that are actually out there with the skills and the abilities mm -hmm. to create these things that we always wish that we got. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's just awesome. And I highly recommend people go out there and support indie developers. Don't always go for the AAA stuff. You know, dig a little deeper. Look for those, you know, kind of gems that people put out there with, you know, huge, huge amounts of love and passion. Uh, and mm -hmm. uh, Inventual Guardian Moonrider is totally totally one of the games totally worth your time absolutely totally awesome. time. Yep. excellent i've i've been you know kind of halfway doing the second playthrough and just like it's it's so fun it's very mm -hmm. good um but yeah awesome thank you so much for that edition of uh of retro nouveau always good to hear and uh yeah i mean that that wraps things up folks uh if you haven't shipped if you haven't shipped jump by now, clearly I have. <laughs> uh, we certainly hope that you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome. If you liked what you heard, please hit that subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter. As well as being a part of the Nebriart Podcast Network, Retro Red Octopus is a member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like Epic Tales from the Sewers, The Weekly Warp Pipe, The Wicked Horror Show, and Throwdown Thursday. For more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit thedorkening.com. And be sure to check out our killer sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee, coffee to die for. I have been your host, 8-Bit Alchemy, and I'll catch you next time. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.